Hi, everybody, and welcome to Bridge the Gap. My name is Holden Stefan Wright, and joining me today is Mr. JS and the hashtag No Regard movement. And it's super exciting because, A, this guy was here before we were cool, meaning like he actually came through back in the day, back before like the Twitch shit, back before we talked to any. Yo, that's a real one. That's like some fucking, I'm like, from the, it's just from the heart. So you appreciate know, that. You already know. Other part. Yo, this guy created a fucking documentary. What I mean is, like, he said it to me, like, yo, in the last interview, I'm going to go make this thing, blah, blah, blee, bloop, bloop, hashtag no regard. It was a movement. Y'all don't understand. And the truth is, we didn't understand. So what did he do? Man's followed through on his words since the last interview, created this entire short film that will be at the Scotia Bank. In Montreal July 15 and guess what I'll be there because I cop tickets to support that shit and I forgot about it and then I remembered it's next Thursday did you buy tickets I did I bought two more fucking tickets oh yeah on Eventbrite I did I did facts you can you can give me your I didn't see that okay 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 I gotta check so, so that I gotta check, check that shit all right I put all right $80 it fucking hit my fucking credit card and shit <laughs> so I'm aware of that I got the email confirmation okay you're locked in you're so locked I in definitely that when I when I said that on wax I spent 80 I had already spent that $80 it was already, you already grudgingly <laughs> like nah, I don't know, fucking spend $80. And it's not the fact that I didn't notice is not that it's a lack of appreciation it's nah. just people have been buying tickets and the way Eventbrite goes is someone buys it and they go down down and it's like next page so if i didn't see you bought a ticket for like a day or two Bro, it's very well possible i'm just not gonna see it flex <laughs> you know right there. he's like go buy your tickets the shit's that litty bro you want to be there at the show yeah yeah buy a ticket that's what's up plus Montreal. they're gonna have like prizes and you know the stephanie's bakery the little ndg staple of deliciousness anyway, i'm just plugging your shit at the beginning it's all fucking good at stephanie's bakery 514 on instagram if y'all want delicious treats but anyway hashtag no regard merch is also available because yo they did this shit to that level of extent I right. cupcakes clothing and also we're going to be giving two tickets to i don't remember that space part. jam oh say word that's dope. yeah that's breaking news breaking news Space jam yeah premiere is the next day friday so uh, we're gonna do a raffle, and uh, lucky person's gonna win a uh, date night or two friends. Guys go out. LeBron James, Space Jam. Woof, look at that shot. Keeping it sports, right? Well, that's Documentary right. is the greatest recreational sports story ever told. <laughs> it's amazing, man. I love the branding on it. But let's bring it back to you, the guy behind it all, the the mastermind, Mr. JS No Regard over here. Okay, so humbled. Also makes music. And with that, it makes my first question that I like to get the ball rolling that everybody expects now fucking proper. And it's a little bit of a story. Starts starts with my girlfriend. And she's washing the dishes one time. And she's got her phone playing. And uh, basically, it's that Black Eyed Peas song. I got a feeling. And she's vibing. She's doing her thing. She's fucking um, dancing around. And I start thinking about this this moment. And I'm like, yo, when the fuck did this song become chores music? Because, yo, it's this song, the same song. And it's chores music. It's exercise music. It's the shit where it's like, yo, once upon a time, this shit was the club music, right? We talking like 10 years ago when we was mad drunk. That was the highlight of the night. That and that Drake song. That shit would fucking come through and it dominated everything, everywhere, every vibe, every person. And then 10 years later, that shit's motherfucking dishes music. 
that's what you put on when you go for a run to get in a good mood and shit like that shit evolved Timeless that shit music. evolved with us though but what i thought was nifty is how its place in our life changed it went from being this thing to have the fun time and go a dance and blah 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 to yo i want to go back there in my brain because this shit is not as fun as i want it to be yeah, and so i was yeah. like hold up so music evolves in this crazy manifestation over time and that got me thinking about the cardi b's and shit so like autumn 20 year olds right now have no idea this is their dishes music that they're dancing to right now and that's just the facet of the situation but then it made me click yo every moms and shit's just bumping cardi b and doing dishes today right now because it's already it's already the dishes music it's we changed so club music equals dishes music and shit and that made me think about the journey of music over time in our lives and how it just evolves and how it manifests into different fucking things and with that it kind of brought me back like to being young why because yo when we talk about music we talk about our adolescent ages we talk about oh i formed my identity here i loved it that's not like when the story really starts it's not when we develop our passion it's not really when it is it's i mean sometimes it is but usually it's like we encounter music from like the day we're born there's always going to be something in the environment something like that playing on and it really just impacts us like i can remember being like four or five years old and my dad's got these boxes the gray boxes the amp the radio fucking the tape deck and the wires and it's going to the fucking speakers and it's all over and he's busting these led zeppelin tapes and he's fucking playing the mc mario 90s club mixes and shit at night my mom's got the discos and the musical whatever and like at like christmas time we had this edm remix of christmas tune shit that we heard one time ever like not one time one day a year christmas every year it was always that shit anyway all that goes on to like build up to the kind of person that you is later on in life so i was hoping considering all the incredible things that you go on to do with your life you could bring us back to being the youngest just no regard that you can remember and walk us through what it sounded like to be you before you had any control of what it sounded like in your world Oof. you set that up heavy um growing up i wasn't I'm not like a hip-hop historian, right? I didn't grow up listening to the catalog of Wu-Tang, the catalog of Red Men and Method Men. I uh, never particularly cared for hip-hop. Um, I always liked musicals. So Disney movies, like, that was always my thing. The Simpsons, like, be my guest, be my guest. You know, those types of things. Yeah, you well, Simpsons the, did a parody. They didn't start it, but they did a but parody. You were the first person to bring up the Simpsons and their musical. In it. But I bet a whole lot of us actually yeah, got some like musical yeah, game on yeah, with that. Yeah, you know, that that's being my guess. Yeah, like, yeah. Might, if you remember the Simpsons episode, you know what we're talking that, like, about. Fucking you know Smithers, what I mean? like fucking yes, vest, yes, whatever. Exactly, exactly. So I was all more fascinated in things like that, right? Whereas my oldest brother. He was super into hip-hop, you know, OPP, you know me, Notorious B.I.G., Tupac. So there was always music around me, but I never gravitated towards it. I think it was because I was younger and not living that lifestyle. I just never connected with it. I don't know. Um, fast forward. Nah, we're not we're not done here. So, okay, you were into musicals and shit. Will yeah. you be dancing? Was you a little dancer back then? No, I'm actually a very bad dancer. Were you singing them? You like oh yeah all day breaking my out. voice is horrible but i'm singing it like i made it that's I'm singing it like i made it <laughs> and are you into sports back when you're super young 
Was I in sports? Yeah. Yeah. People want to know what you're like at five. You don't know that, but people really do. Yeah. At five years old, six years old, I was a Minnesota Vikings fan. I think I was a Minnesota Vikings fan when I was six years old. And uh, my, my two older brothers watched football. One was a Broncos fan. One was a Redskins fan. So I grew up definitely on sports. And uh, like I was saying, music has always been something that's been there, but I just never gravitated towards it completely. I think it was because I didn't... Hip-hop music was what was played in my house a lot by my brothers, but I feel like because I wasn't living that lifestyle, like I'm hearing the cadences and I'm hearing the words and I'm subliminally learning it, but it never touched my soul. You know when music touches your soul? Musicals touched my soul. You know, the soundtrack to, to Disney movies touched my soul. Yeah, big respect that. No, I mean, it makes sense. The Lion King, Circle of Life was like the greatest musical song to dictate what the movie's about, in my opinion, that I've ever heard in my life. That's actually a really well point. And I think the Lion King soundtrack is one of those things that, if I really am being honest, is a bigger part of my childhood than I can remember. Aladdin yeah. soundtrack's also... Aladdin, movie. too. Um, Aladdin, um, um, A Whole New World. I think that impacted me. I mean, we're jumping, but to later years, okay. um, when you eventually start meeting girls and you're talking to girls, I always had this concept of shoot your shot because women could tell you no, but if she does say yes and take a chance and get on that magic carpet, she could find herself finding a whole new world. So Aladdin was a big inspiration to me growing up for that reason. She got on that carpet and you know, he showed her a whole new world. Musicals was, was greater than hip hop when I was like one to like 10. <laughs> no, but that's that's fair. Like I don't even ask the question because I expect everyone to answer hip hop. Like it wasn't like hip hop was a huge part of my life when I was seven, my guy. Like, I, yeah. I, I come from like a household with no swearing. In the Has music. anyone ever told you that they, they, they stirred up on musicals? Yeah, a yeah. couple. Mm -hmm. not, it's, not, it's not that common. You're the first on The Simpsons. Mm -hmm. And that's a big love to The Simpsons because, mm -hmm. frankly, a lot of us probably should be bringing up like shit like that. Or I'm certain for the next generation, it's Family Guy. There's no way that you didn't grow up on Family Guy and not get influenced by musical yeah. satire. You know, like that's half that show. So it's like super interesting that you went there with it. See my vest, Smithers. I really like the vest. It was it's The Simpsons, you know. No, but like the whole. That's when I first it. started memorizing things because I wanted to sing along with the television, you know. But even then, they used to get, like, a lot of musical guests and shit, like, legitimately. And then they yeah. had, like, I can remember that, Lisa, it's your birthday. Yeah, yeah, Happy yeah. birthday, yeah, Lisa. Yeah. Like, that shit's banging. I don't care Rescue Like, you know, those, that was the first time I wanted to mimic music. Yo, shout out to hip hop. Damage. I know you <laughs> might not want to watch the comments, but when they lit, they lit. When I was a kid, one of the first songs I What's tried to remake on the computer was the Simpsons theme song. So big Facts. I like that. I like that. Yo, Salute. shout out fucking Salute. DJ Damage with Salute. the subscribe. Oh my word. That's the dollars <laughs> hey. one. Fucking beautiful shit. And I even forgot to put that. We're on like a subscriber goal move. We're like, we're trying to actually do that. I forgot to That's put love. the thing in the video. That's love. That's love. Wow. Salute. That's love. Big love. Love. what a start anyhow yeah no yeah man no for real like it, it touches that's, the soul that's how it started music yeah. does touch the soul let me tell you a, a very quick thing i wanted to say it before when you're mentioning music i work in a geriatric home 
today I was in the elevator. I just got into work, you know, early morning. You're still a little bit groggy, but you know, you're there. And um, um, a resident walked into the elevator with me. She's got to be like 75 years old. And she was playing um, Michael Jackson. And I listened to her and I'm like, huh. She's really like, but I wanted to say something to her, but I'm like, do I not say anything? But it's like, she's playing Billie Jean. It's one of my favorite Michael Jackson. I shouldn't even say Michael Jackson songs. It's one of my favorite songs. So when the elevator door closed, I was like, you're playing a really good song. Thank you. You made my morning. And she said, isn't it just so nice? When I hear this song, it reminds me of my wedding. And she went into this whole conversation about how music marks chapters in her life. And that song is what she plays every morning because it reminds her of her husband that passed away. And I was like, isn't that something? As soon as the elevator door closed, I was like, all right, I'm ready for work. Millie Jean, I, I'm not my, I was ready for work. Small things, but music is the soundtrack to your life. Think back when you hear like a, a 50 cent song, every who we go through, all the gangsters around on my whole, I know that's early 2000s. I know where I was, I, I know. I know because music marks those chapters in your life. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's big facts. Like yeah. I, I know, I have an entire era that I call I was a Hobson fan. <laughs> it was the, I was a Hobson fan. Hobson was the greatest rapper in the era yeah, of yeah, my life. Yeah. And I realize that I guess it's stranger to like market, but it's really like a good four year period. It's even when I started rapping, I was in the Hobson's the best era of my life. And yeah. I had to, well, I moved out of that. I'm not going to say he's not for those that love him, but to me, he's absolutely. That was your not. era. That was the time. <laughs> That's what you were on. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, That's what you were on. And then, you know, then you get inspired by new things and evolve, and you find new tastes. I find we get over ourselves. We, yo, yeah. One thing I remember about your interview, I believe, it was the Backstreet Boys, and you were like into the perfection of them, and just this boom. I just love that part. I just like how fucking open you are with the musical palette that you have. Yeah, I like some diverse music. Um, um, no one wants to put a color thing on it, you know, for the sensitive people out there. But as a black guy, uh, I listen to a lot of Backstreet Boys, NSYNC, 98 Degrees. Like, it comes from, I always had a fascination with repeating songs and it goes from captain planet he's a hero like my circle of friends were super into coming to school and reenacting the songs that we were like listening to in terms of television type of thing so that mimicking patterns i guess because a lot of songs were popularized on the radio that was my backstreet boys and sync britney spears christina aguilera that 1999 time right there yeah, I mean, I can recite to you every one of those songs like I wrote them. So here's the thing: I have a lot of memories of that because it was way before. That was before I had control. That was yeah, yeah, six. Yeah, yeah. And you just listen to what guys it was. hate on the Backstreet Boys. Guys are afraid to say they like the Backstreet Boys, but nah. If you grew up in that era, you if you Backstreet wanted Boys. to hook up with a girl in the 1999 region, you had to accept that you're gonna be in a room with Nick Carter posters. Humble beginnings. A lot of the girls that I was with at that time were from Verdun. <laughs> Verdun raised me. Shout out V-Town. Nothing but love. You already know my reputation goes deep out in V-Town. But you had to Eminem posters, Devin Sawa. You know, there was like a time frame where you kind of had to just not be the goon. You know, have fun. 
And that makes you larger than life. Have fun. Girls dug it. And that was how we used to get girls back in the day. Bro, it's worked. You like, can recite a Backstreet Boys song at that yo, time, you're getting the girl. I can vividly That's remember <laughs> cruising around in my fucking car. And I would spot. make sure that the fucking NSYNC would come on so I could bust out the bye-bye-bye in full. What? I was just vibing a bye-bye-bye. <laughs> yo, it's a, I don't care what anyone says. I'm doing this tonight. Yo, everything about like the fight. It's like you, the pauses, the the pop star shit in that. Yeah. I don't care what anyone says. That song, you could put, yo, or, uh, there's a bunch of that era. And I guess it is all shout out to Max Martin. He really was like the fucking producer behind like everybody at that point. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Man, maybe it's just because it's what I grew up with, but to me, <coughs> they had this perfection on dramatic timing within music that would just capture attention like perfectly. It was like flawless you know, shit. As you say that, it's a big part of my video editing strategy. Um, certain songs that you edit with will make you feel something in your stomach, and it's all in that build. It's all in the build. I'm going to use some song a song that people might find corny backstreet's back you know there's this moment where it's just like you're watching a video a highlight video and you're hearing the song but then at that moment it slows down and it's like boom 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 show a few flashes boom 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 and then as it builds and then when the hook comes back in that's what i like to call the formula when you have that and you have a highlight punch of a video land when that song kicks in Every one of those boy band songs had that formula in all their songs. All of them. Avril Lavigne, Christina Aguilera, there's always a point where they have that little bridge and the beat breaks down and the hook slaps in one more time. Even like now they do some shit where they cut your beat right before the hook, even for like a half second. And a lot of little tricks like that just to yeah. kind of tap in and emulate it, even if it's emphasis. not the full scale to it. But like there's a lot of power and silence that is underutilized. But yo, I yeah, love that you did definitely. that again because you did that the last time. And this time you're like, hey, now you video edit with this skill now. So somehow I took the Backstreet yeah. Boys fucking track and evolved it into this whole new endeavor. I'm yeah, yeah. I learned to video edit from watching wrestling. Wrestling is what taught me that. Um, I'm like a huge wrestling fan to this day Go and um, as a kid I I always remembered what WWE's video montages made me feel like when Shawn Michaels got jumped by nine guys in Syracuse in real life and that he might not be able to wrestle anymore and his career was almost done I remember the song they used it was called tell me a lie and it really made me feel as a kid, oh my gosh, is he never going to come back and wrestle again? There's this association that music has with the visual that you're watching. Um, as a kid, I never understood that I was processing this, but I always knew I had a heightened sense for how these video packages would make me feel. You know, when you see Hulk Hogan getting beat up, you're like, no, is he going to be hurt? And there's a music playing. It makes you feel an extra emotion if it's the right music with the right visual. That's what taught me. I never went to school for videography, right? I made my first short film. No one told me, hey, you should be a video editor. No, I was told I should be a doctor and a lawyer. <laughs> you know what I mean? I like that. I like the fact that you just taught yourself that, but also that you leveraged wrestling <laughs> like i don't know how else to put it it's like yeah wrestling taught wrestling me how to video has edit. taught okay wrestling has influenced my current marketing strategy so much 
that the reason I'm name dropping everyone is because the wrestling's hype rails and their promos and like yo that's half the reason you watch wrestling is the like, honestly let's be real yeah. the matches are okay it's it's like when you look at wrestling and how long they've been in business there is clearly a marketing power behind that so if you take out what's in the ring as you get older take out what you're watching in the ring but process everything else around it and how a business can sustain a lot to be learned in that Yo, biggest facts too you can see how battle rap right now is jacking wwe tactics and to great success and is now in the most profitable place it's ever been because they it's absolutely able to tap into that energy mm -hmm, mm -hmm. a lot of successful orchestrated beefs and hip-hop come from that moves plus everybody grew up watching wrestling like who the fuck didn't like let's be real most people in their 30s and 40s now all have an era where you watch wrestling anyone who went to high school with me you guys know i was deep in wrestling i used to make wrestling videos I, I, I submitted them to well, WWE to get signed. Videos? I went to wrestling school. I made wrestling videos, homemade videos, how I started my videography career, filming wrestling with me and a group of my friends, and we would have our matches. They started off a little bit corny, but then they built a little bit of steam, and in high school, kind of became the cool thing. Like, we were the guys that would wrestle. You know, it was like four of us, and then we would just bring our wrestling to anybody else and, you know, perform moves on people that didn't want it, but that was like our, our group. I wasn't part of the the guys that would be the hip-hop guy. I was the wrestling nerd. That is honestly really awesome. I mean that. Why? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. It was, it was all, big in high school. Riverside, it was big. As high as high, like it just is. What? Independent wrestling is dope. Like Heck me. yeah. And even like... I'm not going to say I haven't spent some hours watching Verdun backyard level fucking wrestling. Yeah. I'm pretty sure it was Verdun this one league I watched. Really Shout out V-Town. Shout out V-Town. And I was like, yo, it's pretty late. Um, but the fact that you're able to not just do it, but like go to the part where you're creating wrestling things, going to wrestling school, fucking creating demo videos, for, that's fucking hype. Yeah, yeah. I honestly I didn't even remember. Like I knew I, I made those wrestling videos, but I never associated it with the fact that I'm now like a recognized videographer, but... You know, you ask the right questions, I guess, and make me tap into that. But I'm like, yeah, it used to be a film or wrestling match thing. This is kind of how it started. <laughs> really and truly. <laughs> Never made that connection till now. That's why it's dope. That's <laughs> what we do here. We just talk about random shit until Epiphany. Behind working. the Suit Podcast. What? Yo, I mean, I, yo, everybody else on earth is going to ask you the same dumb shit. And not that it's dumb shit, but you're going to go through the same gauntlet of questions from most establishments. And I want to be the guy that's asking you about wrestling videos and shit because that's fucking interesting. Is it interesting? I'm glad. It's so that's, interesting. Why wouldn't it be? It yo, it this is. is like the accomplishments of your life. That life chapters. Because, yo, you look at it from a point of view of, yo, we were just making wrestling videos. I'm looking at it at the point of, like, you were learning to love the process when you were young. And you were clocking, like, experience points into yeah. these skill sets. Like, life is, to me, like Skyrim, where there's just, like, a yeah, bunch yeah. of skills yeah, and yeah. shit. So, when people at, like, five years old are memorizing musicals and studying the musicology of pop, it makes sense that later on... He's on his voice note game and WhatsApp 
doing hooks and shit with very hook centric music yeah yeah right? yeah and yeah. it makes sense that if you're practicing videography skills trying to impress the wwe that you would then later on be tapping into that shit for videography like like to me nothing anybody does at their older ages is unrelated to what they did when they were young so if you're ever fucking sitting there trying to find out what you should do with your life go back in time and you'll find the answer because you already cared about it once that's deep because i no script i didn't realize that till this moment that i said it out loud right now that's when i started like filming that's really dope how did you yeah. go about it like logistically on some curious shit because that sounds like pre-iphone mind yeah we had um um so it was a group of four of us that used to wrestle and one of the four of us had their own camcorder like video camera type thing so they would bring it to my place, and the four of us, we choreograph our wrestling matches. Had uh, My dad was a DJ, had the huge speakers, so we had like live entrances, dim the lights, walk to the ring, the whole everything, and then we'd have our match and, uh, and uh, everything. So that camera, it'd be if those other three are having a match, then I would be the one filming it. If I was in the match, somebody else would be filming it. And then we would watch it after and study it and try to get better because at that time we wanted to be wrestlers. I wanted to be a wrestler before I wanted to be a, a rapper. And what's also dope about that... Before I even started rapping. Before I even started rapping, I was wrestling. <laughs> it's not that okay, it's not that weird that people who end up rapping do other things first. Like people sometimes just have other interests and then discover music later in life and jump yeah. in. Yeah, just, there's the people who fucking started at four years old and there's some prodigy level shit, but like Yeah. <laughs> I discovered music in high school because um the group of friends that I hung out with were uh, more popular than I was and um I I was like, I was short, I had big ears, so people would make fun of me, right? I was Dumbo, I was Monkey, I was this, that, everything. But I was always a cool person. People always liked me for me, but, you know, when it'd be like the older kids and everything that had established girlfriends and, you know, you're in grade seven, you're just trying to find yourself a girl, I would always get doors closed on me like, he's ugly, he's this, he's that. So music started for me as being a way that I can do something that girls would give me attention. That is the bro. first reason I started making music was for pussy. Yo, bro, why do you think I started this shit? Like, yeah. No, no lie. Like, why do you think I fucking started music? I was like, wait, I, I can rap. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, I could like copy rap songs. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And, and for me, like I was 17. Yo. Yeah. Yeah. I wasn't the uh, the best looking guy. I wasn't the most athletically built person. So it wasn't like I could just post up and by the sake of my looks, get a girl. At that time, I had to talk on the phone for endless hours. Anybody that grew up in this time knows what I'm talking about. I'm talking oh about God. I'm talking about when you live with your parents and it's 12 o'clock at night and you're talking to the girl and then you hear your parents coming around you have to hang up the phone fast fast and then pretend you weren't on the phone and then she's gonna call your number let it ring once but you know you gotta call back at about 10 15 minutes type of thing i mean i had to talk a lot to even be able to go to a girl's house let alone i didn't even get a kiss but this is you know never realized at the time that my lingo was developing I was learning how to talk to different people. Wasn't getting the box, 
but I was learning how to get a reaction from different people. And then when the music started, now it became like, okay, I'm good at something, and now I know how to talk to a girl, various girls. So now I'm a rapper, and I have a little bit of intellect. Hmm. I love everything you just said. That was one of the most amazing. And then I went to John Abbott College. <laughs> Fucking John Abbott, dude! I forgot about phone calls. I forgot about like that shit. I remember getting home at like because I wasn't necessarily gonna because you yo you you didn't want to do this when your mom's in the room, and you didn't necessarily have a phone in your room if you were Wait, lucky. What? I had a phone in oh, my room. Lucky, I had no but, phone in my room. Okay, you had none in your room. I had the living room phone. Yeah. So I had to get home, and then it was like parents were home at this time, so I had this window. And so I just yeah, got every yeah, girl's number. Yeah. Who could I get on the phone this day <laughs> and talk to them or whatever? Then the cell phones came. Okay, the cell phones is a yeah. bit of a different game. It was bad. My phone wasn't near my bed. So if I was on the cell phone, if my mom was coming and I had to, it wasn't like I could just pretend I was sleeping. I had to, like, hang up. There has to be enough time that you can get back into your bed on the other side of the room. It was, yeah. Yeah, it's like those All for the love of the box. Which I didn't really get it. Young teenagers. Either. It wasn't. But yo, I uh, hear what you're saying, and I bet a whole lot of dudes develop their gap and gab in an effort to impress the other gender and proceed to to get their swag on in such ways, even if it took time to establish that. Yeah, yeah. <coughs> and then when he started performing, and then making mixtapes, and then it became like, okay, we weren't regarded very good. Our, our first music team was called Dream Team. First music group that I started with. Um, it was me, Grizz, Cray Prince, and Colt 45. I think out of the group, the most naturally talented one was 100% Cray Prince. To this day, I've never been in studio and have seen somebody create the way that he creates ever in my life um grizz definitely the close second because he was just natural like he could just say anything with like a confidence and he can make it sound hot that was just his thing and then colt 45 he wasn't as much into the music because he had other things going on and then there was me fitting into that puzzle um i was the least skilled one at that time but I always had an ability to storytell. So whereas I couldn't just drop bars, if I had to be recognized above them, I had to come up with something and say a really cool story. And that's when I started understanding my gift in music. If you listen to my music now, you ever notice a lot of my verses are telling a story? They're not just pointless bars. It's me kind of telling a story within it. That's where it came from. Storytelling was my thing. And it was my way to stand out being with a group of four where I was the least, you know, skilled one. Skill is such a relative term. Your hook game is on point, and a lot of people should be jealous of what you bring with hook game. Yeah, it developed, though, right? It developed. I'm talking about yeah. back in the day, you know, so if that's someone's right. hearing I'm, this I'm that not, knew me from back then, like old that's school undiluted jazz, honesty. J-Star. Yeah. Akil doesn't like that J-Star, but uh, still JS No Regard. Still creeping. Still out here. <laughs> shout out. Shout out Skin Deep. He, Yo, Skin uh, wonderful. He made, um, he engineered the first song that I ever made. I believe it was on Biggie's I'm Going Back to Cali. I think it was on that. 
and it was horrible and he endured it and was the engineer and he told me i was garbage because he's a very honest blunt person and i love that about you buddy but um yeah that's uh that's uh how it started that's how it started it's still okay he could tell me i'm garbage i'm still gonna do stuff yeah but i don't think he said that about me oh, but I then we hit steam once we got to like call it it hit, it hit steam and we our whole thing was make as many people here can i hit that i make as many people hear your music as possible it doesn't matter if you're shit just keep making them hear it hear it hear it eventually they'll be like oh yeah i know dream team they're shit then we changed our name eventually to riverside gang i know the riverside gang but they're shit oh yeah they're hot yeah yeah they're nice but now it's just like well so many people have an opinion but so many people know who we are at this point now right it's almost like y'all did troll marketing back in the day Man, I'm going to tell you a story right now. A John Abbott story. I like John Abbott stories because it's a good time. I heard you and Akil skin deep talking about uh, moments at John Abbott College. And I'm going to bluntly say that this was the greatest moment uh, of hip-hop, <laughs> period, at John Abbott College. Maybe I'm exaggerating a little bit. But um, <laughs> it's up there. Give me top two. Shoot. Um, our squad, Dream Team, um, for whatever reason at that time, we believed that the best way to get recognized was to ruffle a few feathers, right? So we would pointlessly, I wouldn't do it. One of the members of my group would diss, but to me, I did it too. Cause when you're a part of the group, you ride with it. That's what it is. So he would call out other known rappers and it was like the 50 cent approach, like come in and just squash Ja Rule. I guess if you want to use like an idea, right? So when we went to John Abbott, I'm from LaSalle. So when I went to John Abbott, I knew nobody. All my friends went to Vanier or went to Dawson. I wanted to do something completely new. So I said, I'm going to John Abbott and I'm forcing myself to be isolated. I know nobody. And I'm starting from the beginning. That's I a trip nobody. when you do that. When you do that, I don't know nobody at Abbott shit. It's fucking culture shock. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I from LaSalle, I take the 113 to Angrion. From Angrion, I take the, the Metro to Lionel Gru. And then I take the 211 for about an hour and a half or two hours if you're in traffic. It depends on when you're kind of... And then do that all the way back. Shout out to the Discman because the Discman did wonders back in those days. So um, I was there pretty much by myself, but I made music, right? So I would give out my CDs and everything. John Abbott was at that time very dominated by a group called um, Black Mob. Not John Abbott, but the West Island. I think the most popular group in the West Island and the most popular group to be uh, respected was a hundred percent um black mob at that at that time for for my point of view somebody else might have their point of view but that's mine um if you say the wrong thing about them in the west oh you, they'll, they'll find you or somebody that they know they they roll deep they roll deep so one day dream team decided to make a diss about this squad named black mob we're from LaSalle, they're from the West Island. So this stirred up this whole big, 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 big thing between Texas and and Black Mob. So I was the only one at the time that went to John Abbott. So my friends that were made music with me would come and visit me every now and again, but I was the one that had to deal with all of these guys. You know what I mean? That I would be seeing type of thing. So one day, Bill, who we know, was... Um, shout out, Bill. Shout out, Bill. Was putting together a talent show. So at this talent show, 
Black Mob would always, they'd make fun of me. I would walk by them, go to get my poutine, right by, um, I don't remember the names, but across from the swimming pool there. Oh, yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they would do things like this with the back of their ears. Not on me, but do this when I'm walking. When I would turn around, they would stop doing it. I was being trolled on an ultimate level, basically. So I developed so much animosity that I'm like, I want to go on stage and I want to diss the shit out of them. That's what I want to do. That's what I want to do. So we had to do a, <laughs> uh, like a, a run-through with Bill so he could see what I was doing for the, for the show. So I wrote like a fake song that I had no intention on performing. <laughs> Just so he'd give me the okay that I could have the slot to perform it, you know? Bill gave it to me. Gave like a, it was over an Eminem beat, but I, I can't remember the song. But it was just something I just did for the time. So then, now fast forward, this tension keeps boiling between this Dream Team and Black Mob thing. So my 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 Dream Team music partners now came to school the day of the talent show, and we wrote a song. Um, Hook said, "We don't give a fuck about you. We tow big guns front. We'll pop you. We're creeping through your hood, West Island. We're creeping through your hood." It was this, this, this song that was a statement that we are in your territory. There's three of us here, and we're gonna do this on your territory, right? We get that lighter. Yeah. That's Sorry, you guys got to wait on the story a little nah, bit. It's, totally, it's, it's just tension. I'm just—we're all on the edge of our seats for this one. I was like, "This is this is one of those you should smoke a joint stories." <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like roll up right now. It's in the roll up hour now. Y'all roll up at home. Where's the camera? There. Y'all watch it. Roll shit. this up. Roll up. Well, you know what? Drink herbal teas if that's your shit. So, yeah, the talent oh, I show. I saw what you do with the roll up there. That just took a second to click. Ah, I'm glad you did. I'm glad you did. It was Bonnie. Bonnie caught that. I didn't Hilarious. Shout out, Bonnie. My lady friend, Bonnie. My lady friend, Bonnie. <laughs> Think about it. Um, so, yeah, we, um, day of the talent show, it was a packed crowd. What was the name of that spot? Right? We were walking Agora. in the hallway on the, uh, the Agora. The Agora, exactly. That was the, the first Agora. place I ever rapped. I'm never going to Yeah, exactly. Shit. The Agora. So, seats piled up piled up people so we went on the stage performed we're the talking first. just so you guys have contact like two three hundred people no problem could fill that area yeah, yeah it was packed it was packed it was like packed 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 pack. there's video footage on youtube of this <laughs> fun fact um we could roll that up live if we wanted to we could but let's just run the okay. story and they yeah, can roll the keep story. it up after anyways so um we performed a few songs whatever whatever but then the main song built up it was the last song we were dissing this black mob squad and they were all in attendance because they all wanted to kind of see what we had to do but none of them knew that we were doing a diss track so one of them um one of my group mates had a bar about sleeping with his girlfriend even though it wasn't true but the way that it was done, and he's a clever person, Cray Prince is a very smart musician. He dropped the beat, and in dropping the beat, I couldn't quote him, but it was like, ba -ba -ba -ba, I fucked your bitch, and, blah, 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 and the beat like dropped back. But it was purposely done so the crowd can clearly hear a cappella exactly what he's saying. And these are the most popular guys at that time in John Abbott. So the bar got dropped, and then Bill shut down the concert. They cut the mics, the fire alarm went off, the 
the police came because there were threats at John Abbott. That's why I was wondering if you were there, because if you went to John Abbott at that time, you remember this. You remember this. It was a big thing. I definitely don't remember this. Yeah, 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 yeah. So um, we uh, made our statement on that day, but then afterwards, I'm the only one that goes to John Abbott. So they obviously, you know, catch wind of this and wanted to confront me. I was hiding in the psychology department, which was like a completely different because we were in the basement, our lockers, right? I was like hiding. I was doing anything not to go to my locker because these guys who meant business were coming to school to find me because I needed to be checked kind of thing. And um, I do tell this story right now to give you guys a story of hip hop and like how this musical moment was the banger for my career and we'll talk about how it catapulted but the consequence came one day i was with my ex-girlfriend i was in a store and two people came in one of them approached me and said yo what's up you're your dream team i was like yeah yeah yeah." he's like yeah cool i heard your music i was like oh appreciate that he's like i'm black mob and then shit just got really not funny and then I was showed an instrument of damage and I was told not to fuck with them. And when that guy walked out of that store, he looked at my ex and he said, when you're ready to fuck with a real, come holler at me. And I stood there in silence. You know, when you see that flame, you got to humble yourself, right? So I tell the story to give context as to what I've become Am I proud of it? No. And actually, I'm very good friends and I've become very good with a lot of these guys that were involved in this situation. So it's nothing for me to really talk about it or whatever. Cool people now, right? Yo, but Big knowledge nugget. You know, it's part of my story, but, you know, this could have not gone the right way type of thing. But thank God I'm still here. <laughs> nah, but I mean, like, it's actually a big lesson. Undiluted. It's a big lesson, and it's dramatic as fuck, and it's a great story, so I appreciate you telling it, but mm -hmm. sometimes people do talk a little bit too much shit without actually considering the consequences of the shit talk. I'm guilty of this. I've had to have been a little bit checked here and there along the way. Sometimes yeah. you realize, yo, sometimes people are not afraid to slap you or worse. Like you might. Yeah. And uh, yeah. you might not believe it, or it might not be your regular world as you talk, whatever, whatever. But some people might actually also not have more to do with their time than to consider these things. Yeah, yeah, Not yeah. to insult anybody, but there are yeah. people who will obsess over some shit. And it might be you and your shit talk. <laughs> you know, yeah, it's, like it's a big yeah, lesson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, I appreciate yeah. it. Look, what, that's why we get the knowledge nuggets, because that's what people's life stories are. Yeah, it's a series yeah. of wisdoms and lessons and shit. And I, I do want to say this, too, because for the people that are watching this that are like Montreal historians, LaSalle historians, what got me out of this situation was a man by the name of Dave Lockhart went to John Abbott. And if anybody knows Dave Lockhart, rest in peace, if anybody knew Dave Lockhart, he's a, a very popular man and he is a LaSalle legend, legend and nobody would ever ever say otherwise right so he's family right grew up together all that stuff so one day he went up to like a group of them they must have been like nine ten of them 
and he i'm not gonna say exactly what he did but uh he let it be known who i was and that they were friends to him but i'm family and from that day i never heard anything negative nothing ever again it was just pure respect so rest in peace dave lockhart anybody hearing this story from LaSalle that you know what I mean? Like, that's uh, that's what Dave did. Dave fixed that real quick. And I'm diluting the story of how he fixed it. I was He he was ready to go to war in that moment. And like 9, 10 people all backed off. And were just like, nah. Never got bothered again. So rest in peace, Dave. Yeah, that's another serious one. Also, there's entire pockets of the world that are like nothing like that. In case you're worried that that's the entire everything. That's just a moment in time that played out the way it did. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Entire other people. Yo, like I went to Abbey and my experience was a lot more I hung out in the club rooms and was involved in the tea of the club rooms. Yeah, yeah, Not yeah. Not that exciting. See, I always wanted to get to the top. I I always it, it was always a passion of music, but it was an understanding of how to finesse situations, how to take advantage of moments to try to maximize the perception that you put on yourself. And to sometimes it's been to my detriment, admittedly. But sometimes they've been very, very good and calculated moves. On that note, has anybody ever had to use the bathroom while being live? Absolutely, go use your thing. People do that? Yeah, you're you're totally allowed to use the bathroom. That's a thing that you can do. Hi, everyone. I hear that. I hear that. So, yeah, it's really cool that you're able to still, like, resolve shit and go through that whole experience. And that, in a sense, it happened in a way that checks you without actually harming you. Yeah, I got checked. That moment in front of my ex-girlfriend at the time when, you know, when you're with your, your girl, you're shopping. It was um, one of them stores that, the hip-hop stores that sold the Pepe jeans, the Peli Pelis, the Sean Johns, the Academics. It was one of those type of hip-hop stores. When you see somebody come in with your girl and then just kind of like does that to you and, and shows you what he's what he's doing damage with, and then you're forced to like shut up you know it really becomes like but you're talking all that on music mind you i was never one to talk about killing on music i was like always a witty insulter i'll insult you witty but how they're interpreting that with their lifestyle and their street lifestyles like if you're gonna say that say it to me now what we're here right now what do you want to do and then when i looked down and i saw that little something something I won't do it again. Yeah. I'll stop. That would be my approach. And then too. he looked right in her eye and said, when she's ready to get with a real, come holler at him. And then imagine the moment now he walks out the store and you look at your girl and you're, all right, so you want to go eat? I mean, <laughs> you know, you, that's a pride hit that stays with you for a long time. Like, you know, you know, she might not say anything, but. But shout out to Black Mom. They, they, they ran. They ran it back in that day. They they really did run it in the West Island. Yeah, yeah, Bro, big I have time. No idea anything happened in the West Island. Like, yo, yeah, I'm yeah. like in a completely different life, completely yeah, different yeah. reality. Nothing like that. You know, even though yeah. I was living in Bucktown. Yeah. <laughs> well, I was. Uh, you know, they say when you're looking for trouble, trouble will find you. That's what my mom says. Boy, when you're looking for trouble, eh? Trouble gonna find you. So, I was admittedly looking for attention. 
So when you're looking for it, you're going to get it. But if you're in the West Island and you're not looking for attention, it's a very quiet and peaceful, the peaceful place that you know. <laughs> you know what I mean? Basically. Yeah, I was definitely a coward back then. There's no way I was looking for that kind of... I didn't even, like, start music proper back then, you know? Yeah. Like, it was just kind of like I was able to intercourse with a person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that became my yeah. biggest priority in life. But you see, for us, the popularity took off after that, mm-hmm. right? Because this was like a... It wasn't, at that time, it wasn't like people who listened to hip-hop knew about it, but it kind of transcended that, where now if you're just a student at John Abbott that knows nothing about hip-hop, you're going home and you're telling your friends or your mom, your parents, what happened in school today. The fire alarm went up. It was a whole big shutdown. That's crazy. whole big thing. And Bill, oof, I had to look Bill in the eye and be like, yeah, he trusted me. He allowed me to have the stage, and I showed him a fake song I was going to be recording. J- you know, the irony. I'm sorry, Bill, if you're watching this somewhere. Is he alive? Yeah, Do we know yeah he is. He is. He is? Um, he's friends with me on Facebook. I don't know if we ever got oh, along because I got kicked okay. out of Sea Sky by some dumb shit. So Sea Sky is a throwback. I got kicked out of that shit because I basically wrote a poem that like attacked the people that I was working with on some like y'all are fucking idiot shit and then that got me kicked out and so Bill no longer liked me after that and then I used to hit up Bill be like yo check out my music can I come perform and have it I tried that a couple times no lie it didn't go very far yeah 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 John Abbott was the best time of my life for a lot of reasons not just that but just you know, we touched on the fact that I went there without having any friends. There was a lot of growth in me that 100% made me the person that I am today. I think Seja 100%. inherently is one of the best things Quebec ever invented. And it's like like the university yeah. fun without the workload. And then it preps you for that workload later on. Yeah, yeah. I, it uh, might be one of the most successful things that is underrated in this province. Because, yo, I loved my... I did three years at Abbott. It was the lightest course load ever. Yeah. And I just got to, like... <laughs> fuck around but also take like learn like yeah, learn yeah, a lot yeah, like yeah, yeah. yeah yo, like, like just moments and then you're in the west island so it's not like you're downtown and it's like a completely different vibe right like it's and just- john abbott's like on a farm basically like there's when you say west island you just got to make it known it's not like the west island where mm-hmm. you know you have your bars and your pubs or your fairview mall like no john abbott yeah. is isolated for those that don't know on like a farm. Abbott, if you're lucky you know what i mean <laughs> there's nothing around there's like a bar the student bar which was this place to go there was no bar by the time i'm there yeah well i mean there's the one in there was Saint one in Saint and the bellevue yeah okay, that was yeah, that like was that, popping that. for like probably still I never went but like, yeah, it wasn't yeah. that lit yeah me. that was it but was I lit into, it I ended lit. up getting into weed at Abbott cause like I found like most people either like house partied and I wasn't like getting invited to that shit yeah uh, cause yo keep in mind I, I wasn't just, getting invited to the house parties either but I always hear them talk about it in the hallway but I was never invited to them like, still wasn't also, there like, yet I wasn't popping yet two, I start <laughs> 2005 right after the smoking ban yeah so the West Island's entire like nightlife literally died that year there's like five bars left after yeah yeah yeah, yeah, everybody's going downtown and i was really on my don't drink and drive shit yeah so i would would drive places and try to party but then sober up and it was like you know what i'm gonna just smoke weed with some peeps yeah (laughs) like it just yeah, West Island was West, not like West. the littest place in 2005 to 2008 as far as oh, you had man, to go 2005, down. 2005, I was the, yeah, that was still, that was but my last year. the other half of it, once okay, the yeah, band once came you go. in, 
and all the bars yeah, closed. Yeah, yeah, and now yeah. everybody's going downtown and everything's like, yo, that was like a miserable Oh, you time. just missed it then, man. Literally by like It was it was lit. And the thing about that bar was like there was nowhere else to go. Right? So you imagine the people in their dorm rooms, most people are gonna go home when you leave, but it's like for the it's like a resort. You're there. <laughs> John Abbott, like your local bar, that's where everyone's gonna go. Any girl that you've seen that you're like, should I talk to her? Should I not? If she's outgoing, she will be there one of the days out of the sometime. It was the only place to go. So that was crazy cool. I didn't take advantage of it till a little bit late because, you know, I wasn't, uh, I was alone. I had to, I made friends, you know, gradually type of thing, like I mentioned. But then once I was comfortable, yeah, that was the wave. That was the wave. I took the weed route and I looked like Silent Bob while Silent Bob was the thing to look like that was advantageous. And it worked really well for me. It was yeah, shout out John Abbott. It was the only time in my life where I looked enough like a celebrity that stoner chicks were like, bro, you look enough like Silent Bob that I kind of want this. Yo, that opportunity. Growing up in LaSalle, girls didn't like me. LaSalle girls, at, when I was growing up, y'all didn't like me. So you guys forced me to find a new home in Verdun. And then I realized Verdun girls and French girls really liked me. I was like, okay, I got something. Then I went to John Abbott, and then I realized, oh, y'all just social butterflies out there. Pff, I got that social aspect down because y'all didn't like me at the beginning, so y'all forced me to talk my ass off. So now, okay, now I could talk to, so now my social game is wide open, and it's like, okay, now... All girls, not all girls are going to like me, but now it's like you've you've been through the ones that don't like you. You find something that works, and then now that you've perfected Yo, it, I it's like, you, like, okay, now I'm more confident in myself. But you, you said know? something big about Abbott where I think it's a little different than the Dawson's and the Vanians that are well. There really ain't shit to do around Abbott. I'm telling you. Bro, like, like that, that's, there's you. nothing. And, like, you I'm might have the you. one friend who lives in, like, St. Anne's that you can show it. And, but the thing is, is you would often just end up having schedules that you weren't able to, like, dip out and go anywhere. So everybody just hung out at the fucking it's school It's a resort. Day. It's like a resort. If you see a girl on a resort on the Tuesday... It's not like Wednesday, shit, I'm never going to see that person again. No, she's, she's somewhere. That's how John Abbott was. And at that age, for me growing up, money, hoes, and clothes, all a nigga knows, that's what it was. I was living with my parents, so it was money, hoes, and clothes. I was trying to look fly. I was trying to get hoes. And I was trying, you know what I mean? That's the best time. Yeah. And you couldn't go anywhere? Bro, John Abbott Lincoln, was the shit. I had a shiz. Lincoln town car in my last year at Abbott. Really? I never sure. had the car at John Abbott. Bro, I can one tell of my you fails. one thing. You pull up in the Lincoln and people who don't. And it was an old Lincoln. It wasn't mm. like it was a You 90s. pull up in anything at that time. No, I'm telling you the Corsica and the Lincoln did not get the same reaction. Uh, okay, okay, I'm okay, saying, okay. The Lincoln had this sentence. We can lie down fully in the back and comfortably fuck. Yeah, yeah, cozy. And, bro, I went broke mm -hmm. on gas money at that time. I'm telling you, it cost $7 to get from my apartment in Dollar to John Abbott, one direction. Sure, but that must have built up your confidence, though. It did teach me a lot about materialism and women. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I don't mean it like that because, yo, there's yeah. a lot of people that are not like that and whatever. But, like, yo, the, the number one thing on a plenty of fish thing that you want to lie about if you're going to lie is do you have a car? 
100%. And you see, I'm just going to add to what you said. You see how yours was a car? It's money, hose, and clothes. Mine was clothes. Mm-hmm. I Maybe I should have invested in the car in hindsight because that is. But my thing was Bro, I always look fly at John Abbott. Is always. When you're at the park, you have somewhere to get a little action. Yeah, so yeah. You could drive a little somewhere to the forest. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Thing. One time we got caught, though, by public security in the church on the corner of fucking St. Charles and Beaconsfield. <laughs> oh, and she yeah. She was 17, and they had to... I was 18, she was 17. So they had to change the crime out of courtesy to just public... Just, like, you know, because yeah. they didn't want to write yeah, yeah, fucking yeah, yeah. on the ticket. Yeah, yeah. Some real shit that happened with the crime. Yeah, it'd it be that way on the come up, man. It'd be on that way. You, If you're a rapper and you haven't been like caught fucking in public when you were young back in the day throwback stories y'all was talking to a thing at the park and she was like yo you want to go take a walk and then it's if you haven't had someone walk in on you when you're getting head or doing something oh my god dude i don't know man (laughs) was it the library this was life growing up third floor of the library watching a movie it was glory and she was performing fellatio and this through a glory hole no and just in the library because they had those rooms upstairs you could rent yeah and then I some girl them, yeah. caught us. And then she was like, oh, we were so afraid. You remember her face, don't you? I will never forget her <laughs> Anybody face. that gets caught always remembers the face. Always remembers never that face of the person. Face. You always remember that. And then we finished. I oh, you guys like, finished? Well, I mean, after about like three minutes, we realized we weren't going to get in trouble. So I was like, ah, well, you know. But yeah, you like that? You like that? People see what I'm doing. She's going to go tell some people to come one. You just keep... <laughs> Make a time out of it. Really, you, you <laughs> learn the experiences in life that shape you, right? Like that's a hundred percent. Yo, Abbott's just full of nooks and crannies, bro. You would go to that same psychology floor, yeah, yeah, because there'd be nobody there at five thirty. Yeah. I mean, nobody could go back to her crib or my yeah. crib, yeah, in those classrooms. Yeah, that's just what you would do. Yeah, 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 man. That's John Abbott was life, and even the buses, man. Go, the two eleven on the way back, like if you got a seat. If you had to stand up, when you, <laughs> oh my god! I so the like... schedule was the last class would end at five thirty, but they let you out at like five fifteen, right? And if you had to take that two eleven, if you went to Abbott, you know, you do know. I mean, that bus ride was long, but there would be girls from the Abbott. Then they would scoop up. What was the other school? I don't remember. There was another school, and then they'd get to Dorval. Like there were so many people. That you were meeting along the way and me i was like becoming a social butterfly oh there's the fucking adult ed yes cartier yes cartier thank you thank you thank you cartier yes exactly so it's like you're in a mashup on the bus of like different people like all those little elements which sometimes are just like oh this is so but and like no man it's... circle and it flips up even more yeah yeah I mean, yeah till you're not grill bro you'd probably see 500 hot girls sometimes on a good bus ride well maybe not 500 and i keep like tying this into like girls but you know that's that's kind of you're what like it was 18, if, right? if you're gonna be if you're 18 you're coming back 17 if you're coming back from 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 john abbott to lionel grew an hour plus on a bus what else can you hope for other than a seat and some eye candy bro you have your disc man you, you know your playlist what else you're just listening to your music you're sitting down like I'm least you can real. do is give me a girl that might look at me smile that's it, I but be, not oh, like that you, was life bro to get the smile 
and then she gave you the second smile. Oh, that was life. You got the second smile, bro. It didn't matter if he's next. You guys wouldn't even have to look. You're just good for the rest of the day. See, that's when I tapped into my power because I was never the best looking person, but I was the mouthpiece for my team. Any guy that's been around me from high school, my music group, vouch. I was the mouthpiece. After a while, when you get rejected so many times, you don't care to get rejected anymore. So I always had this ability of just like, I'm going to shoot my shot. What are you going to say? You're going to tell me no? You're going to say something I haven't heard? And it's like, whatever. So I would throw out like sometimes if I go to a club, like 20 shots, but I'm going to catch two, two people in one day. It's pretty decent if you're just trying to pick up girls type of thing, right? So coming back to that like smile thing, like that element of when someone smiles at you and it's like, shit, what am I going to say? She has earphones on, um, and whatever it is that comes out of your mouth, well, you know, it works, and you get the phone number, like, you go home, like, tell me you're not rating your essay at a different level. Tell me you're not doing your, it's just, it just made you feel a little bit more than I just went through a bus ride, I'm bored. That was life, that was everything back then. That was it's everything. Like when I get to drop this sentence, oh, I'm sorry, I have a girlfriend. Bro, if I have get to drop that organically because somebody's trying to pick me up or whatever, oh my god, it's the same shit. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hate that, but yeah, like, yeah, you yeah, come home yeah. after you look at her, you're like, yeah, yeah. Oh, it's a different energy. Mm -hmm. Everything you do, cause mm -hmm. it's, just, it's like yo, because that's random shit. That's like you can't ask for that. It just happens. It just happens. And that just validation that you are what you are. Yeah, man. That's no doubt. That's no doubt. I'm glad that we. Uh, I think John, we relate on the, the topic of college. I think John Abbott, I mean, I can't look at myself and say, oh, that's what changed me. And now I'm because I'm not where I want to be. Like still many goals. You know what I mean? But I'm proud of myself. John Abbott is what shaped me. John Abbott, John has Abbott had a unique impact on me and Joel Hart. Rest in peace. I'm like greatest teacher of life. There's so many different like corners and pockets of Abbott that exist where it's like either, but frankly, you would all end up sharing classes with these people. Like whatever person Craziest you were with thing. because you just had to. It's just, yeah, you were all yeah, taking the yeah, same courses. Yeah, yeah. And there's so many weird <laughs> ones, like just random shit, like library technology shits and then the police tech fucking people. Oh my gosh. Police tech fucking people. Correction, the hallway. Yo, that would be a, yo, no, no one's moving for you. They all walking in a straight line. Bro, would you straight line like, like the, they the inmates. They ain't moving for you. With the fake Ooh. guns and shit. Yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I had one course there. Um, was it a macroeconomics class? I that was, was the hallway to the two hundred. The other, the good bus. That was the hallway you had to take. To yeah, get to the exactly, good bus. exactly, exactly, exactly. I didn't. I had one class once, but I never. I stayed away from there. I never liked the vibe over there. Mind you, the other guys were like making fun of me on the other end, but I I stuck there for whatever reason. Closer <laughs> to the good pizza getty. Yeah, it is what it is, right? No. It is what it is. Oh, Sick. pizza getty. Yeah. Yo, bro, Thursday's pizza getty yeah, five dollars. I just caught That's you. What it is? I just caught what you said. Yo, it's crazy. Yo, yo. you bringing me back, man. Yo, I, I yeah, mean, yeah, I yeah, know, yeah, I, yeah. I know it's yeah, habit good. times, but like. We talked a lot about a lot of this stuff that came after in the last interview, right? So y'all don't, you know, if you want to know, JS does have a whole other interview where he talked about flag football, a whole but he brought up a lot of the no regard thing. If y'all want to really know about the no regard thing, I feel like, I don't know how deep you want to go on that because there's, there's a whole movie coming that they should be going to watch, you know? Yo, yeah, that's a fact. That's a fact. Um, it's my uh, life's work. It's uh, me getting made fun of me learning how to intellectually speak for myself me learning how to edit 
me learning how to make music, me understanding people, all comprised into one project. Everything that I've learned has been shot into this. And music always came first to me. There's a reason that this, this documentary, like, I'm the soundtrack to it. When you see a scene in the movie and you hear the song that reinforces it as I explain to my influence in WWE, it becomes like, this is everything that I've learned within this. And Scotiabank were, were gracious enough to, to step up to the plate and allow me to premiere it there. Took a lot of emailing. They were a little hard-headed, but eventually, you know, they got on board. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> but uh, shout-out Scotiabank. But it was a lot of emails. You guys know. Shout-out Julia. But, um, yeah, man, it's uh, I think people could look forward to a, an awesome story that's being told. It's about my flag football team. The flag football team is called No Regard. Um, we started off in the league being, like, basically a bunch of guys that just are hanging out and want to play football together. When? <clears throat> it's a good thing to establish. 2011. And 2011. This is several years after you finished Sajep. Yeah, this is several years after I finished Sajep. I, uh, I, um, I kept with the music. Um, I ended up, I ended up with Steph, and um, yeah. So it's a few years after that, about five, call it that. And then you start the flag football process, the no regard life. Exactly, exactly. So that was with. Um, two of my friends, KD and Demi, um, we were entering a flag football league. So because we loved Wiz Khalifa, we called the first flag football team Taylor Gang. And we were like, yeah, we're going we're gonna to go and this. But I was always into the music. I was always making videos. So I would document our games, right? But Taylor Gang were really shitty. We, we won one game and we lost nine in the season, right? terrible team but documented everything because in my mind we're gonna document we're gonna win and then we're gonna post it and it's gonna look good and kind of we went one and nine but through that i always posted I always showed our struggle no matter what always showed it so fast forward we made another team the next year we said we're coming back and we need to fix this right so our team then became no regard the name no regard came as a slogan that we all just say to each other like if you smoked the whole spliff and then didn't even offer to be like, yo, you have no regard. You didn't even, and it was just like, you take the last sandwich, you have no regard. It was just something we said to each other. So we said, you know what? Let's call the team name No Regard. So our first year, we went 9-0-1. Um, nine, nine wins, zero losses, one tie. But within this, I kept documenting everything that I was doing. I always documented. But now we were winning. So that's the key element. We were winning. So now it looks like you're winning and then I'm making all these videos. I'm showing my rap career. I'm on CTV News doing this in hip hop because it you know, became pretty successful. I'm showing all this. So the league is now like, you guys are fucking annoying. Play football, shut the fuck up. And you know, that's it. Why are you even crossing your music stuff? We don't care. We kept winning. I kept doing it more, more. At the end of the season, we went undefeated. Didn't win, one, didn't lose one game, and we won the championship. So when we won the championship, the pot kind of blew up because then now people started rocking our clothes, no regard. Girls were rocking it, guys were rocking it. You could literally go on a metro, 
oftentimes and you'll see somebody with a no regard because Twitter was that's when Twitter was like at its peak people would have their Twitter handle on our clothing so you'd see someone and be like oh you're at ton up queen on on Twitter I remember it's like oh yeah you know no regard and it was like people would start making a lot of connections to who we were based on our merchandise type of thing right so then Nick Diaz wore our clothes um, Jake Shields um, Forrest Griffin repped it. So UFC fighters started. So the perception now was just like, this is picking up steam, which it was, but we kept posting in the league. And now you have the old guard in the league, the players that have been there, established players. Some of them played in the CFL, and they play in this league just for conditioning. So these are like big-time guys. So they're like, shut the fuck up. Come to our division, because at this time we were in the lowest division. Like, come play with the big dogs. And then, you know, but we were in the lowest division and we were working our way up. But our popularity was we had the attention of the whole league because social media, sorry about hitting the mic, social media made it unique. With social media, it's different because the old guard had every right to feel like we're the vets here, shut the fuck up. But with the social media perspective, the we're doing things, there's UFC fight, it just added this element where people just hated it more right so can i get that later please so that's what the documentary stems from and uh eventually it led into us becoming loved in the league loved you know what i mean all these players wanted to play for no regard after a while um a unique fun fact is that when i played for this no regard team i used to film all my games right i filmed everything so i would post highlight videos so one day the league asked me if I can do a video for them because I would always do it for free. I just do videos for free. Like, guys, give me a job. Give me a job. Give me a job. They didn't want to give it to me because I'm the loud. I was the most hated person in the league. Am I lying? In 2012, I was the most hated person in the league. I'm talking about 400 comments on a post of pure hate towards Lance Daniel. Then the league gave me an opportunity and allowed me to edit one of their projects. Hit the home run. They loved it. They were like, oh, yep. Then they asked me to do another job for them. Hit the home run to the point where I got the job and the person who was doing it before me kind of fizzled out because I was good at it, right? So now it's like I've documented everything as a no regard bad guy, but now I work for the league. I'm doing the exact same thing, but now I'm filming the league. So now your perception is, I love this shit. I've always been good at editing. You never hated me because of my editing. You hated that I was editing no regard. But now that I'm working for the league, the perception just turned, Lant, I want you filming my game. It was became sorry about that again one of the most popular players in the league right i don't want to say popular players because of talent absolutely not but because i'm the guy that you're like these games quite literally the use case and case in point of talent really isn't the most important thing like your life that's the thing that i've always found the most interesting about you it's like you're able to like walk into a situation and create value rather than focusing on being the best per se like you want to be the best okay but it's on a value front 
So you want to be the capture of attention because, frankly, you're interesting, not because you're, like, the most talented touch football player. That's what I had to do with my dream team squad, right? Making music. I had to tell stories because I was – you but hit it like, on point. But to me, like, fact. like, dude, I'm <clears> – I know this is going to be weird, but I'm a 33-year-old dude. If I was the best rapper in the world – don't you think it would have happened by now? Like in my head, like I have to like, so it's not really about being the best. It's yeah. about to me being the most interesting. And consistent and consistent, you know? I think consistency is part of interesting. People just take that as like a faith thing. Like you have to yeah, prove you yeah, can do it over yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. But being interesting is just harder than being talented because everyone can develop talent. Yeah, people yeah, think it's yeah. like natural. Nah, these are like, I've talked to people. Natural is a motherfucker's parents had them at four years old doing it, and you didn't have a parent at four year old doing it. Yeah, 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 yeah. With with like limited exceptions, for the sake of the people out there who are really semantic-y, if you're five seven like me, I'm never playing ball. Got it. Mm-hmm. There are obvious rules and limitations based on that, mm-hmm. but like within the realms of like take rapping and shit yeah if you started at four you're probably better than the guy you started there's a there's a basketball term booze don't block shots like you could pay you could pay a team millions of dollars to stop a basketball player from scoring millions of dollars your job is to play defense and stop kobe bryant from scoring that is your job you have every incentive in the world to stop this person but when you're that good and that persistent, it doesn't matter. He scored 81 points. Doesn't matter. I see what you're saying. When you're that consistent and good, there's only so much the universe can do before it eventually starts bending and cracking. And you, you don't even have to be on, like, Mamba level. But, you know, even on, like, a small scale, small scale, like it's me, also like, it, I think it serves you true. persevere, like, even if you look into no regard, you have, like, these celebrities involved. These are things that are real. Nobody in history can say that Nate Diaz didn't wear your shirt. Who the fuck cares how it happened? That's all. I mean, we care. But, like, you know, but, like, mm-hmm. in the greater picture of it, it's like, yo, being on a pointless list in Montreal, being on these things, these are accolades, being able to do things in your life. That stack up to being above the exception of the average human, whatever they may be, is what it is. The, those are the the, the kind of like the culminations of success I find. Like, yeah, yeah. I look at it especially maybe because <coughs> I'm an interviewer. But you'd be surprised at how many people that have, let's say, high performing careers with regards to numbers have really not as lit careers with regards to stories. Yeah, it's like, bro, yeah. I made songs and then I made the next set of songs. And then I made the next set of songs. And I don't mean no disrespect to that. All love. But, like, I would rather have a life personally where I die and I just have a lot of cool stories. Yeah. (coughs) Yeah, I hear that. I hear that. It's legacy. I think one thing that is cool about my career is that, you know, sometimes nowadays you have that one friend that's always, like, taking pictures like put your camera away why do you always have to be taking pictures of me stop i was that guy with a video camera always since high school anybody that sees this that went to riverside you guys know i'll the camera guy always be filming things sometimes it's like stop filming and it serves so accurate that any guy or girl that has known me from 2000 until 2021 now 
haven't I always been consistently something to do with a camera? So because of that now, making a documentary, I work for the league now. So I am the video archives. Now I have all this footage I accumulated of no regard because I used to just do it for free because I documented my whole life. Pandemic hit. And now it's like, how can I make more money? So I had the name No Regard trademarked. So I said, you know what? Let me relaunch the clothing and maybe this thing can catch steam. So strictly about clothing. Shout out to Steph. She's done an amazing job promoting it. And the interesting thing about that was I was making the documentary in the pandemic. So I wasn't able to focus on clothes. It was impossible to do two things. So she spearheaded the clothes and I was able to stay focused on the documentary, right? So my logic was, if you know me, and I know a lot of people, you'll buy No Regard because you know me. But if you don't know me, you're just somebody off the street and you just see No Regard, like I have it on my shirt, what would make you buy this? Why wouldn't you buy Nike? Why wouldn't you buy Reebok? Why would you buy No Regard? You, you have to connect with the person that doesn't know you in order to become a bigger entity, right? So my logic was, well, it's COVID. You have nothing to do anyways. Your video contracts have been slowed down anyways just because people aren't paying for contracts anymore because of all the COVID and all that. So it was like, well, why not just take the time and just make a documentary and make an origin story since you have all the footage anyway and make an origin story, make a documentary. Okay. Then it was like, well, I need new footage. I need some interviews. So I kind of, there was a few people I wanted to reach out to. Kevin Lubin was a number one person on my list. Shout out Kevin Lubin. Where he was such an intricate part to the story. And I'm like, the no regard story cannot be told unless he says yes. And he said yes. I'm like, okay. Then my second person was Keyshawn. Shout out Keyshawn. He said yes. Like, okay. My last one was like, if Theo Jaya, shout out Theo, says yes. I think I got something here because then I have my friends from No Regard. I can make pretty much everybody I asked to be in a documentary said yes, which blew my mind because these are people that I repeat did not fuck with me. Did not fuck with every all three of those names: Keyshawn, um, Keyshawn, Theo, and um, Kevin Lubin. All at one point, strongly didn't fuck with me. They're all in the documentary. I consider them brothers now. So there's a lot of stories being told from the perspective of, I really didn't fucking like this shit, versus they're seeing what it is now, and they're telling the new up-to-date stuff, right? Because that's the idea of a documentary. Show the Jordan old clips, but you want to have Jordan talking about it now, have Pippin talking about it now, you know what I mean? Well, not Pippin, but, you know, Jordan talking about it now. So you keep it current, right? So in doing it, I was like, okay, this is good. So then I was like, I literally said one day, I think I was smoking. I was like, I spent so many hours doing this. Like, why can't I get paid for this? Because Steph is out here working her ass off many hours, getting paid a lot of money. Whereas I'm working equivalent or more hours doing something that i'm not getting paid for right so then i was like 
well, what if you could put everybody in the same room and have like a viewing party of sorts? Would people pay to see the documentary? I was like, huh. So I told Steph, I was like, you know, if I could do this, that would be, you know, dope. And I have a friend that works at the Scotiabank Cinema. His name is Terrence. Shout out Terrence. So then for my birthday, Steph asked him if it was a possibility that my documentary could be premiered. And he said it was worth it, but the timing didn't land on my birthday. But then now it became, now it's a thing in the universe. Now my friend is asking me, hey, do you really want to do this? You can message such and such a person and da 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 so now it's like, okay, now you really got to make a decision. Can you sell tickets to your documentary? Do people care that much? At the beginning, it was COVID. So there was a limited capacity. I was only able to have 40 people in a room, in a room that fits 375. I was only able to have 40. That's minimum. That's so, not a good number. Not a good number. So I placed the ticket sales at $40 because... It just made logical sense because I had so much less people, I'd have to charge a little bit more, right? So they accepted it and I signed the Let card. Let me ask a question. Why is it that absurd even a little bit more? You're an independent filmmaker from Montreal with no backing. Oh, I believe every penny. I I'm just speaking like, from the perspective of the feedback I've heard. I mean... I don't believe it though. So like what I'm, I'm challenging that idea to the world because mm -hmm. yo... I thought it was like, at first I said $40 because I'm a cheap fuck. Mm -hmm. But then I'm like, man, what if I want to go throw an event? And motherfuckers aren't going to pay $40. They'll never pay 50 And if they never pay, you know, we have to get to this like internalized idea, at least for me, this support English local media. That's one of my new like things. Is this not local yeah. English media? Like what kind yeah, of hypocrite would that be? 100%. Well, most people I'm saying it with time or whatever in this case, like what? What's $40 to honestly go have a good night with a bunch of people? But see, that's, but see, the point of view of the person launching it is like, you got to humble yourself. Like my thing is, I think, I think it's worth every penny. I know the blood, sweat and tears I put into it, but to someone else, do they care? I know they care, but $40 care? That's a question that if you're going to launch the event, you really kind of have to, you know. Like, I hear what you're saying, but somebody said to me one time recently, and I guess I'm really fascinated on this topic, is people here have lower self-esteem with regards to putting fiscal value on their art and their work and their approach and their whatever mm -hmm. with it. And it's not like a universal thing, but you could probably have sold it for 80. Maybe it would be less people. But you probably could have. I think I could have sold it for more, seeing how everything turned out. That's why what I did was, because it was that, my thing was, I need to create a buzz around this. Thus comes the promo tour. Yeah, it's amazing. It's fucking cool to see him put this together. Right. Time. The idea is, I have my cover art, and I want to post my cover art every day for you guys, but that's hella annoying. But if I attach dates of my promo tour... And I update my promo tour every day. It gives me an excuse to post my cover every day. And it lets you see a schedule of what I'm doing. So I sent out a bunch of emails, did my research and everything. So I had like a, a CKU, two, C, two CKUT interviews, two radio interviews on CKUT. And I had you. That was the first one that I had lined up right behind the suit. So in my mind, if I post this, it looks like, all right, 
July 1st, you're doing nothing. July 2nd, you got this, you got this, open, open, open. So the idea is if you can create enough buzz, maybe people will want to fill the void for those open dates that you post. And I'm posting this every day. Then Global News had me on. So when that went on the promo tour, now it adds like a, that's a whole new perception now, right? Like this is, this is the promo tour. From my point of view, I'm like, I told you it was the promo tour from the beginning. Of course, there's certain things, you know, where happen that you don't foresee. But I mean, throughout this, I'd be lying if I said that I'm, I'm not surprised that local media picked it up because, I mean, I think it's a good project. I would support this for $40 if I didn't know the person. Well, it's also clean AF. I don't know how else to put it. Like, <coughs> a lot of our projects out there might not be so family-friendly in basic presentation. I don't know how family-friendly the film is. But like fairly but like there's moments that it's not but fairly but like when you consider what this is it's honestly like a heartfelt fucking feel-good moment of a person who throughout a bad circumstance local to us created a masterful art piece through like whatever i appreciate Act, that bud because i know stephanie right like i'm not gonna lie and pretend like i ain't been talking to her here and there and had some conversations where she's like oh lance is working all the time he's putting in so much work he's taking it so like, i was i've been listening to that type of shit as it's coming together and then it's like you see just the meticulous level of everything but also just out of the marketing and it's like you put it together and then you you did it in a way that did capture more interest and the fact is like having three things lined up before you went public was pretty smart um just in general but also you put out this flyer and it's about fucking touch football and it's the greatest sports story. Flag football. Flag football, my bad. I know I might have fucked that up. I'm really not a sports good. person. It's all good. So then it's like, at the end of the day, it's just so fucking like normal and innocuous. Like it's not even scary football where people get hurt. It's just like a football you could go play that you didn't even Wait, know see, was that's a thing. A, that's a... That's a bad perception. It's a it's a serious sport. People don't realize who don't watch black don't football, which is understandable. Because if you're not, it's okay. You don't have to, you know, football. some people don't know. That's why I come into the documentary, right? Flag football is essentially tackle football, except you're taking a flag off of the person's waist to tackle them instead of actually physically tackling them. So when the ball is in the air and two people are going after the ball... There is no difference from tackle football to flag football. Okay. The ball's in the air and two people are going up for it and they both want it and collision. It is the same. Th you're landing without pads, if anything. So it's it, it's a pretty intense sport. There's a reason why CFL players do it for like conditioning and stuff, right? Because it's like it's not CFL, but it's enough that it keeps them prepared in the offseason so that they can go back into like full steam tackle football kind of thing. Say word. I mean, yeah. I didn't want to like diminish it, but it feels more accessible. No, it's good. That's why it's, it's you know, just I don't know it. everything. I'm just, I learned this. I didn't know. I thought the same thing. I thought it was a wimpy sport when I first started, but then. Like, cause I don't I like picture it to be like wimpy. I picture it to be more accessible. I picture it more like if I want to go play it, I can go play that a lot easier than say like full on tackle football. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I guess that's more the perception I want to convey is mm -hmm. I definitely feel. And then you're like, what is it? <laughs> you know, like you're, and then you just see this cover and you're all like there. And then you have Mr. Like JLB with his voiceover, this fucking little promo thing that you created, yeah. like actual promo little videos and yeah. trailers and shit. Shout out JLB, you killed it. Everybody says that <laughs> you killed it. 
Well, I mean, I feel like I'm just like I gotta shut out JLB, man. The guy's like a you know, like we're not like super homies, but we're like acquaintance homies. Yeah, man. Like definitely. via the power of internet. I'm I used to be a fan of your wrestling pool when I was allowed to comment as a spectator and then he, you guys like made it got more serious and I'm like, Well now it's just Justin fucking Oh, I'm a two-time champion. I'm not sure if you know. I do know because yeah, I did see two the years current running. thing. You're currently in first. Yeah, or you're in the first. top three right now. I'm first place in this. I'm going, for, I'm going for three more years in a row. More importantly, it was that Stephanie dropped to like fifth or sixth. That's who I'm watching yeah. for. And Mike wasn't up there either. So I'm like, who the fuck am I going for? Everybody's not even there. It's just kind of what it is. I mean, Up on the there. wave. It's okay. You're, you're there. But like, I don't know. I've been team Stephanie and Mike for a long while. So it's like I can't be like flipping up like that. It's about time for something new. New just, day. I'm, new I'm loyal like that. I'm team Stephanie even if she ain't going to win it this time. Damn. Loyalty to Steph over me. Okay. okay. Sorry. It is what it is. Uh, especially mm-hmm. on this shit. Like she got me mm-hmm. to give up Mike. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's true. Mm-hmm. That happened. So like I can't be like flip because that's like twice in a year. That's a lot of flip flop. Yeah, 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 yeah. I hear you can, that. Like, you can have like a flip flop like every five six years because of a big moment where you feel like okay, I'm flipping my sports team here over there. Right? I feel like that's a lot. It's like changing your favorite kind of music or some shit. You can't be changing that every six. Okay, weeks. No matter that's what weird. side you're going, I'm still gonna win. Three years, watch, defending my title again. Is what it is. For all of you that don't know what the fuck we're talking about, Mr. <laughs> JLB started this wrestling guessing. It's basically the equivalent of fantasy hockey, but with like guessing on who's going to win wrestling matches for pay per views. Y'all heard this interview. Guess who's a two year champion in first place the third year? Um, the so story all connects. And then Stephanie said, I only dropped to fifth because I forgot to put my picks one week because I was out doing mom duties, which the subtext is allowing him to go do his shit uh, for the record. Doesn't every athlete who takes an L have a reason why they took an L? Yeah, that's just, that's just life. That's amazing. Shout out stuff. So the fact is I'm in this group and I got permission to be there as long as I don't break any of the new rules, which means I'm not allowed to do anything. So I just kind of lost interest. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm not going to, like, participate for real because that would require watching wrestling. No. You can just guess. I'm not. I'm not able to do it. I'm that telling fast. you, man, the gamblers that have the best luck often know nothing about the sport. Nah, I'm not able to, cause you know what's gonna happen is, I'm, cause with wrestling, it's <coughs> like it's like a thing, right? It starts off with, uh, oh, that guy's there on that one, eh? And then you're looking at his Wikipedia pages. Next thing you know, you're watching Royal Rumble 15 or some shit. Mm, and mm. I don't know that I can do this. I just, I no, if you're not a wrestling fan, it's not fun for you. No, it's, it's like not that it's not hot... fun. I'm like a former. Re- I did, I did like a thing. With no, wrestling. but if you're not up to date, like you have to watch wrestling in your mm. regular life. To be able no, to I appreciate a fantasy pool, you know what right I mean? Not. Like, so it's like to me, it would be like with a bunch of people that like understood what's up. But I like spectating from like a while because I used to be allowed to cheer people on, and then it, that's kind of like really how I met some people on it. No, I have. It's I just like to cheer people on in this shit because it was like Mike was winning, and then somebody else was like, I think it was because like Justin was like really like into it, and I'm like, well, fuck that. Mike, Mike. was winning to the last week. And that was twice. And I was rooting. Maybe it was even you, but like whoever it was, I was talking to in the comments. I was shit talking whoever was not Mike, and I was having a blast with this yeah, shit. I remember. I this remember. was one of my favorite moments of Facebook. It was so innocuous, and then <laughs> I got banned from shit talking. And I was like, 
I, but I, yo, he, I was really looking forward to these updates, dude. Like you don't understand this fucking Facebook shit, this fucking wrestling. I would I would get excited like a dopamine rush, oh, like a good YouTube video just dropped or something. Well, yo, shout out to Job, man. You got a supporter right there. He's talking from the heart right now. Bro, and then he said he really likes what you're doing. So yo, keep that up. Keep well, that I up. Liked it until but I keep was... them points correct. No, no. But you know it... why I'm saying that. No, I'm, I'm you know what we've been talking about. But the passion Come dips in the current mode because I'm not allowed anymore. So it's not fun if I'm not allowed to interact. No, get out. I mean, I'm You're not behaving. You can't play with the big boys. I mean, I didn't even know I was misbehaving, but I thought I was Lydia. <laughs> it was more fun. I made connections and friends. The universe expanded. Anyway, that's just, I don't even know. I fucking, shout out JLB. He does your voice work, and it was wonderful. And he does voice work is now what I learned. And he does his little design shit, and you can follow. I put real you on JLB. Radio. There you go. You do this. Add that to the resume. You should. It was really you know? well done. Yeah, it was well done. It really um, was. But yo, basically, if I understand correctly, you just created an organic sensation. <coughs> Man, I appreciate that. No, I mean it because like that. from an organic marketing perspective, you followed all the rules that I believe in for organic marketing. The basic formula is consistency over time equals trust. I mean, it's, it's like simple, but it's boring because time means years and years and years. Yeah, yeah, But like yeah. you started off with like gaining the skills as a youth, real young one. So first was pop, musicals, timing, Backstreet Boys, fucking wrestling, filming and shit. All of this is like skill set that comes in. Now this all counts. It may not feel like it counts, but it 100% counts. How is fucking video editing at 15 something you're going to fucking forget? <laughs> no, you just yeah, remember that yeah, shit. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sage up, you learn a lot about life. Yeah, man. Fans, fantastic environment. Taking it from the beginning, I think uh, it started with I always wanted to be seen for my talent. Even if I wasn't the most talented, I wanted to be seen and recognized for that talent. And I think that's my work ethic, period. Like, when I make videos, if there's somebody else making videos of the same thing, like, I want to do better than you. It's like, people could say, oh, well, why even compare? You should just, like, no. Because, like, I, I want to be the best. Like, I, 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 I need to be the best. Period. I feel you. Period. And if I'm not the best, I'm going to outwork you and be the best. That's you know? it. Like, the best is a relative term, right? Like, Definitely. what does the best even mean? It's not just one thing. So Definitely. I like to say from like a perspective of interesting, man, you've managed to capture people's attentions for more than a decade. Mm -hmm. Is it a lot of people? I don't know. But you got mm -hmm. like celebrities to endorse it. His brand has been around apparently for like, what, eight, nine years? Mm -hmm. Simple. Mm -hmm. That's just hard just history. Just got resurrected. But that's the around. power of it all. Like what I mean is back in the day, you did a lot of the groundwork with your documenting and creating this thing. This basically gave you the years to understand the culture behind the audience, the mission. Like, it's not just a thing. Like, no regard is like a mission statement. Man, in the last interview, you gave a whole lot of shit. I mean, since I've talked a few times, like, it's a whole thing. Mm -hmm. This had to have taken time to properly mm -hmm. go from, yo, it's no regard, guys, to like, what does it mean to a point where you're filling up like a fucking room and selling tickets? You know what's crazy? You know what's crazy? When I first decided to relaunch No Regard, I had this thing because it was so hot in 2012. It was hot. We were on top of our game. It was hot. Close to a Nike deal. Close. Didn't happen. It was hot. 
But then once it lost steam, my whole thing was like, can I resurrect it to the point where it's better than it was the first time? And maybe that's wrong to think because, the, you know, you don't you want your sequel to be better than the first one. But that's very hard to do because the first one captured the attention and that's what put it on. Right. So this time around, it's like with the clothing, it's like more people have bought clothes this time around. There's a Shopify that's it's more professional this time around. But that wave of no regard was, oof, 2012, hot. So I'm like, it's not there. And then the documentary, it's like, okay, this is good. People are talking about it. And it was when I saw it on Global News and I saw the hashtag no regard written on the screen. I was like, okay. There's an element to this that is, I don't know if I'll say it's hotter than 2012, but this is now different because there are people that are watching this in their homes that aren't associated to us, aren't associated to football. They're just watching Global and the name's there. That wasn't caught in 2012. So I then like I'm like, saying. okay, that's when I finally kind of realized, yeah, um, it's, it's getting there. I'm doing better. Okay, so you like know? usually when like, sounds or groups or movements are in their inception stages there's a magic to it and a charm that's raw and rugged For and sure. dish tracks and all the stuff that's in the trailer that makes me want to know about it but we should probably wait to go watch it until it's out and shit but gosh darn it do i want the juice you know what i'm saying but yo it's hype so all of that has an energy to it but it's probably a little more untethered and it's that rawness but then that same shit can grow like a little flower into like something that's more like a jungle or something yeah it took me time to realize that at the beginning it felt like i wanted that spark but the other spark was getting lit but i did not see it until recently where i said oh this spark is just different but it's also just starting oh. see that's the thing it's like this is like the kickstart of x and X is big. Yeah. Because yeah. it has, yo, if you go on your Spotify right now, it's JS No Regard. If you go on the fucking thing, the No Regard documentary, it's a clothing line. That's already a multidisciplinary fucking thing, a conglomerate of artistic and creative endeavors meshed together into a singular hashtag that anybody can steal and apply to their life. <laughs> Drop that microphone. Drop that mic. Whew, well said. But it's not even like, yo, I started that saying well that shit. Said. You didn't even stutter. <laughs> no, but like I started thinking a lot about no regard. Like we were hanging out, we made a track, and he's like, no regard. You just have no regard. You know, he just like fucking yeah. throws it out. But if you start thinking about the language of no regard, what is regard? You know, like consideration, how people feel about it. Like basically, it's a hashtag that is saying, don't give a fuck what people think. And I'm like, hold on. That's my whole life right now. I stopped worrying about what people think a minute ago because people aren't necessarily like always getting the wave of mine. Yeah, but then yeah. people tell me I'm entertaining, so something's right. Sounds <laughs> like you need a no regard hoodie. Oh, we money. just took eighty fucking dollars out of fucking my bank in terms of fucking tickets. We're gonna hope to win some fucking hoodies. <laughs> is the actual thing. Yeah, yeah that's good. That's that's worth a hundred dollars. I was generous. So I gave it for forty. <laughs> Shout out to you getting two for you and your lady friend Bonnie. Yeah, no, I know. That's dope too. Because that's what, I mean. You're not gonna just go by myself. That's yeah, cool. yeah, yeah. No, but for me, it's like you know, like I'm obviously closer to you than I am with her. We have a great relationship, a great relationship, you know, but. It's humbling still when it's like she cares 
to come to mind. That means a lot. So I have to say thank you. For I that, mean, even know, like other people care. Dope. Like, dope. and then even through Stephanie's bakery, people care. I'm gonna tell you, she definitely adds a lot to your value. Yeah, Stephanie's I've been on this stream a bunch of times. She used to play Among Us with us, but then what happened was this life life happened and we were inconsistent for a minute. And it was life is mm-hmm. Brady's sick and other shit was part of the life. So it's like what are you gonna do? Like, yeah. Brady's sick. Brady's more important than Among Us. And I respect that shit. But yo, she you know, she showed love for real reels. And that made everybody over here want to care more just because it's oh, definitely. Sure. And then she makes for the sure. bakery shits, which makes my girlfriend be like, when are we getting those cupcakes? When are we getting those cupcakes? Remember, it almost came up last time because I came here and I asked Bonnie if she wanted anything. Yeah, no. And she's like, like what? Like she was kind of curious. And in my mind, I was like, um, yeah, anything from the from the depth? <laughs> and she's like, okay, no, I'm good. Then when I came, she was like, uh, I was kind of hoping maybe it was like cupcakes. <laughs> yeah, no, I was I, like, I, I kind of realized it when I was walking. I was like, wait a minute. She asked because she might have wanted cupcakes. They always, she always wants it. And I'm going to fix you them. up, Bonnie. You got some cupcakes coming. And then I asked Stephanie how much they were. And I'm like, Psh, I got to get paid again is my answer to everybody. <laughs> Yo, you got to ask in advance, bro. I got to know how much I got to budget a cupcake into the budget. Like, I know it sounds fucking corny, but like. Like, if it's I'm going to get cup- cupcakes, I need to know that it was, like, 35 cupcake dollars for a dozen. Like, I needed that information. Yeah, 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 How much yeah. is a cupcake? What's the value of, like, a cupcake at this tier? Yeah. This is not common knowledge. I'm not the guy that knows. You can I- get a third basic uh, buttercream vanilla. You don't want, like, boobies or anything extra design on them. They'd be uh, for 6 15 bucks. Sure. I don't know anything about 30. that. I'm I'm just saying that like for me it's like bro I couldn't tell you even other people's prices on cupcakes my whole cupcake buying experience is none people either make them or it's fucking bake sales yeah, it's all yeah, bake yeah, sales yeah, yeah. but this is you know Bonnie been in this game so wants basic and she said it in a way to even catch your attention with the highlight she wants what happened to, nobody wants basic cupcakes that's what she's saying mm. she wants the better cupcakes than the basic ones mm. so you want designs on your cupcakes i don't want designs that's on the what I mean, cupcakes. basic right you have your 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 nobody your... wants fucking designs you're just gonna eat the shit it's all going in the same place it's not for fucking kids it's not for fucking show it's just because you want to eat stephanie's fucking cupcakes okay that's the facts of the situation um, but no, back to the organic thing. So like I had to do a presentation about organic marketing, which meant for the first time in my fucking life, I had to fill an hour with all of my bullshit and I had to have a point <laughs> that took a while, but the point ultimately was how to tap into community building and organic. And the thing about the no regard thing is you basically just sparked the community, how you choose to maintain that community and grow it. That's all on you, but it's more than just like, like, that's why it'll work as a merch line. Because you can spark a whole mindset around it. A whole thing of not giving a fuck what people think in an era where it's cool yes, to sir. not give a fuck about what people think. That's what no regard like, means. Be relentless and have no regard for the limitations that other people place on you. Just keep pushing and do you. But the fact that you could like answer that and then that branches into decisions and choices about what it looks like, about what it feels like to rock it, about like the types of, let's see, went into events, what's a no regard event, everything about that's going to have like a certain branding element to it. There already is. And it's going to be thought out. You know how you know it's going to be thought out? His whole press run is y'all saw how he laid it out. And if you haven't seen how he laid it out, 
follow Ron Steiner. What am I supposed to say? <laughs> like, that's where you get the scoop. Yeah, man. I didn't pay for any marketing. Look at the promo tour. Wasn't the greatest for a local guy. Not too bad. <laughs> no, but I think that's the Not thing. Not too bad, right? Not so, too like, bad. paid marketing has a place, and it's when you're selling something directly. So maybe if you had scale involved and it wasn't, like, capped out, like, there may have been value in pushing ads for your event, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. If, of course, 100%. But, but it was like, more like, oh. But for everything else, like, bro, organic is the shit. It's just it takes forever. You've been posting about making this shit for almost a year. Mm-hmm. It's not like it's quick. This is the culmination of what the fuck is he doing? You know what the challenge was? I think that I announced that I was making this documentary too early because I was kind of hype about it, right? So I'm just, you know, how I'm seeing it. And I think because I had started talking about it so early, like my likes were super up, my engagement was super up. And then towards the middle, they just got stagnant. Sometimes I would post and be like minimum interaction, which is fine because I know people are still seeing stuff 100%, right? But then it came to a point where I joked with myself and I said, okay, when this launches, you have to separate this timeline now from the last. And I never could have imagined that like now it looks like the documentary has been dropping and then it's just been full steam to the point where now it's like people are super engaged you know what i mean yeah but i feel like what you might not know is that the post you made in the past and the ones in the middle played into the aro that you pulled on these moves today yeah 100 percent, 100 percent. it's just I agree. that when people I agree like i know for a fact that like i would be less invested in this shit at all if i hadn't seen your early posts yeah like why would i care today and i'm not yeah. lying like why would i care today? oh no i don't think people lost i think it's more like but okay game, stop posting i want to see it already I don't okay think okay okay, okay. I, I just want to see it i just want to it was never like they well, did but it was I more like i could see that it was so like people engage, so move me i think people it's been a year like, <laughs> engage with shit that they feel like they give a shit about like either the updates on yeah or they care about so it's more like on yeah, your seventh post about it I don't know that I feel like the need to comment anymore. That's exactly I, it. That's exactly it. But it doesn't mean I don't want to see. That doesn't mean you. Exactly. It doesn't mean I don't want to see the eighth post. Like, you know exactly. how many people come up to exactly. me and tell me about the things they watch? And I'm like, why do y'all never hit, like, like? Or, yo, bro, I used to have people come up to me in real life at the day job. And they would tell me about Facebook posts, threads, interactions. Like, they would tell me details of this person's comment. And they would not have interacted with the post. They just lurked. Somebody once said, yo, I just spent the last 20 minutes. Isn't that most people? But that tells you something about Mm -hmm. engagement. It's not actually a measure of success. It is a measure of something over time. So, yes, if your engagement goes up, you can assume you're doing a better job at something over time. At that period. But But that doesn't mean even that your ones that get low engagement are misses. It's just that you don't even get high engagement ones if there is no low engagement ones. It's kind of more like happy and sad yeah, don't yeah. exist. Like so, people 100%. like and plus you know, pe- sometimes people also are like they know you like they know what's gonna happen if that comment thread start. Nobody wants to jump on that one. And like, sometimes that happens. Yeah. Or and that's too no no not everybody <laughs> wants to be that student to be like hey what's six times six Nathan. Like, he might know the answer is 36, but it doesn't mean he wants to say it in front of the class. <laughs> you know what I mean? But it also may just be something else was hot that day. 
Yeah, yeah. But you're you're still there. You're still getting registered in it. You know, mm-hmm. it's like, yo, I just started posting reels every day because I found out there's money in that, and I'm like, I want to know how much. And I yeah, reels are the shit. But Steph put me on that. Reels are the shit. But make reels with your own music. And if you put hashtag explore page, it seems like for me every four days, it gives me thousands of views, like a couple. Mm. And then I don't know what that translates into, but even if it's like a dollar, that's just like a mm. dollar for free on music. Fun. Let me ask you a question. Something I've noticed in my engagement, my Instagram engagement, no, the people that view my stories on Instagram have been like at an all time low. But my stories on Facebook, because they're synced, and are an all-time high. For the longest time, Facebook stories would never get as many views as Instagram. Never, never. And now I've noticed it's kind of gone the other way, and I'm like, huh, interesting stat. And a lot of people that don't communicate with me on Facebook watch my stories, too. Well, that's the craziest shit. Um, so, like, it's a very interesting I see it go back and forth for me. Um, yeah? I do think that... People on Facebook took a lot longer to get used to stories. To the stories, 100%. But they are now as used to it. Yeah, yeah. Um, You're right. I also just think that with that, people who would have just watched it on Instagram are now just watching it on Facebook. I'm less Mm -hmm. caring. I used to only hit stories on Instagram. Personally, now I'm like, whatever. And then sometimes I'll just skip your story on Instagram because I already, I'm like, oh, I already saw these stories. Boring. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm seeing some people that are like, but then there's also tell shit me about like, my, sorry. Uh, uh, shit like questions will do better on one site, maybe faces will do better because yo reels don't behave the same on the two sites either. So like, yeah, yeah, so yeah. it might be like one of them cares about <coughs> your kids and one of them doesn't care about one your kids. Mm-hmm. Like it might just be shit like that. One of them wants your face. I do a lot of face shit because apparently Instagram wants your face. Can I have a request? Yeah. Is my lady friend Bonnie tuned in right now? Yeah, Bonnie. Bonnie! Then now she heard. <laughs> Bonnie. Bonnie. Can you open a Heineken for me, please? Can you do that? Can you open the Heineken? You're so wonderful, baby. <laughs> Thank you very much. She's, my lady friend Bonnie. She's definitely... I'm telling you, there's more value in people calling her my... It feels so much more personable. She said <laughs> she's going to open it with her glove. You now share Bonnie with all the, the people that she does amazing deeds for. Because all your friends around it is going to be their lady friend Bonnie. They're going to call her my lady friend Bonnie. That's okay. Um, but that's just a friend. It's just my lady friend Bonnie. Lady friend and the You got thing. Steph and all. But that's my lady friend Bonnie holding that's easy. Fair. That's okay. And everyone <laughs> you know, else is lady friend Bonnie. Your lady friend is the friend of the streets. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> hey, gangster. We established that before. Yo, Bonnie's like... Gangster. Bonnie's authentic as fuck, though. So, like, she just blends in wherever the fuck she goes and is unapologetically her, but is knowledgeable enough to hold her own, especially on a topic like hip-hop. Crazy. Thank you. This is the first time ever. Appreciate you. Oh, do you hear that service? Bonnie, you're great. Thank you so much. Bonnie's way greater than I am. <clears throat> That's my lady friend Bonnie. Shout out to y'all. Y'all get your own lady friend Bonnie. That's why she has an emote. <laughs> and we're trying to get more emotes. That's the new mission, but yeah, that came out of nowhere. Sometimes oh, sometimes random people show up and just do random things. And I say that just yo, this guy DJ Crystal Clear, I don't think he watches my shit. He just showed up and throws money and leaves because I'm not like mean to him and I think other people are mean to him. 
but like Damn. I don't have it in my soul because whatever he's, he's does he do things meriting of being mean to yes <laughs> 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 well, I don't know how else to put it. Well, They'll like wake up in the morning because I have them on Facebook. <clears throat> and yeah, they'll be like, fuck all your new rappers. I like the Dirty South of 1997. They're the real ones. And then he's like, but you're like, he does Thank it in you, a buddy. way where Appreciate it's you. really like too much. So nobody comments on it. <laughs> That's another thing we wouldn't even tap into. The South raised me. The most influential music I listened to was South music. It was Pimp C, it was Bun B, it was UGK, it was Chameleon Air, it was Paul Wall, it was Kiki, it was Zero, it was all of them, Slim Thug, all of them. That's what got me in music. Yo, you know what I learned? <clears throat> and this is a theory, it's not a real Honorable learned. mention to G-Unit. But, um, yo, it's not being mean to D- Okay, because DJ Crystal Clear might walk up on your stream and, and, like, actually make fun of you in some way sometimes, and, like, it gets perceived wrong. But I take him really sincerely. If he's going to walk up and ask me a question like, bro, is it weird that I eat Wendy's at four in the morning while I'm high? I'll be like, I don't know if it's weird. And then I move on with it, right? Like, Ooh. I just leave it like that. But he'll, like, walk up and interrupt your shit like that. And I like the guy. This is not hate. I got nothing against you, Crystal Clear. Come to the doc premiere. Yo, straight up, he no did No regard a, the greatest recreational uh, sports story ever told. It's all yeah, love he's over in, He's here. in, like, Alabama he or Florida it. or some shit. So he's not even here. He's down in the south, and he does like chopped. Uh, and these s- internet gangsters travel these days. I don't, I don't know him like yeah, that. But is, but, uh, we shouldn't be. is <laughs> not good yet. We gotta wait a little bit more still. Um, but man's did a chopped and like slowed up remix because that's how we say it these days in respect or whatever. Yeah. And he's not DJ Screw, so he did a remix to lose weight. Rest in peace, DJ Screw. And, yeah. and the guy is great. He just throws subs and shit. So now we're closer to our sub goal than ever because mm. he just decides. To, but he doesn't like stick around or anything. He just shows up, basically throws money at me like yeah, I'm a stripper yeah, and dips. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I'm like, I understand hot tub streamers, bro. I get why they do what they do. That's crazy. Like I would. I, I mean, I'm not really there, but, like, I've thought long and deep about OnlyFans and shit. I'm not even going to lie. I'm like, that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, you said that before. Yo, it's just on my you mind. You said that before. Would I go through with it? No. I have bigger aspirations, I suppose. That would probably get It's like funny how you say I have bigger aspirations when talking about creating an OnlyFans. I don't mean any disrespect for it. I just mean with my life trajectory, I think it would block more doors for my current plans than it would open for Holden. So it's not like it's other... amazing to me that you're casually talking about this because I, I mean you really consider this. You Bro, know? I've thought about this for years. I've thought about everything you can do. You know, I don't really like the idea of necessary. Like, I mean, I don't like the idea of necessarily going to like work every day for the rest of my life. I would like to know that in ten years I figured out ways to monetize that are so great that it's like just no, not... for sure. That's why we're still working, right? Off and air so when we're talking what to each ended other. Ended up we... happening is I met somebody that had me come over in a consultant role to talk about foot only fetish, foot fetish only fans, and like I had to really think about it practically. Like I could go manage only fan shit. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But then you're yeah, doing that. Yeah. And then you have to deal with the stigma of doing that. Because I've also. Why are you so worried about stigmas? Because I have more regard than maybe I should. <laughs> Isn't that ironic? Because <laughs> of the environment that, like, I get paid in. And as long as I get paid in that environment, I have to have that regard. But what if you thrive in that other environment? Like, what if the grass is greener if you really put your efforts into it? If you think that it's a I haven't, logical type of endeavor, I haven't why got not to hop the point where it? it makes the most sense to pursue that endeavor. 
It's okay. just an endeavor I've considered with a lot of thought because it sounds niftier than it probably is. Okay, okay, okay. It just sounds like a nift. But, like, the reality well, an idea is... is an idea until it's put into motion, right? And then it becomes, like, reality. Honestly, I'd rather make documentaries. I was like, wait, you can just do that? You can just do that? Right? I mean, Since I talked to you, I've thought about grants, and I'm like, well, I mean, you could do OnlyFans, but you could also do documentaries, and both of those things sound dope to me. So it's like, I mean, no disrespect to it, but I do think that doing one might hinder the other in the near future. Yeah, I do think that... I think that what I've been able to display within my documentary, um, I'd like that to be like a guide for any business that wants to hire me. Like, if it's like ESPN... Um, the NFL, like WWE, like I've showed my diversity as an editor. So if I can do that, I can do any of these things for these bigger businesses. So like I'm saying to WWE right now, if you guys could hire me as your videographer, please check out my documentary, check out the clips. Like I do this. You guys watch this whole interview, right? Yeah. I'm a student of your game. Game. So with that, I think that oh, the out trips. That the OnlyFans channel would close opportunities for, like, I don't know, somebody like Complex or them fucking hollering at me as quick for the reasons I want them to, to, like, go work for them. I mean, it is what it is. I'm not at the place where I want to be where I have the autonomy to go full no regard. I think that you should migrate your no regard strategy relative to the political goals that you have mm -hmm. relative to everything that you do. Mm -hmm. Also, I have to worry about Bonnie's regard considerations. Because she's more than my regular friend, Lady Bonnie. She's her regard and my regard might not be the same. So I, oh, you're in charge of your. I, I'm just talking. You have your reasons. No, you don't I mean, even have to disclose to me, them to me. But I would think that if I'm pushing the envelope, my lady friend Bonnie, and beyond your lady friend Bonnie, your girlfriend is also your supporter and your number one fan. Yeah. So it seems to me like if you had this business idea and it was a good endeavor. Wouldn't Bonnie like jump on it like full fledged? I don't know her as well as you uh, do, have to be but I'm way. almost shocked that you'd say, "Well, we'd have to." I would think if it makes sense financially well, for the like, two of you guys, I have to be... like do the math equation of where I want to be in ten years and what makes the most sense for that. Well, wait, wait. I'm just going on topic of what you just said. Yeah, no, Bonnie's a writer. Bonnie's regard is it would better be fucking that good. Exactly. Pro prove it. You have to be able to prove it first. That's that's, that's what everything is, right? That's what life is, right there, right? But um. I haven't yet figured out. Uh, well, to, also, I'm not convinced it lasts. I, mm. I can the gravy chain's done. Um, that's what I'm seeing through the pipeline. So it's like you know, you think about stuff like you think. I thought a lot about crypto and chose not to buy crypto. So like I, I often fantasize about like career moves. I mean, yeah, yeah. shouldn't you like consider all the things you do can do, especially. 100%. What's the difference between porn and music? Honestly, at an ethereal level, it's just another kind of content, and everything about the grind is the same. No lies there. <laughs> so it's like no lies there. I mean, I'm certain I'm enough of a fetish. Like you're enough of a fetish. Everybody's enough of a fetish to find the lane, find enough subscribers, run it. Like if you look at porn sites, they seem to be literally doing the same thing I'm doing with podcasts. I was like, damn, their shit's just sex, and my shit's this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's it's put it into motion, all right. You know, nah, it's, it's, it's an idea. It's, you know, it's then you probably have all the same other bullshit. <laughs>
the competition about i don't know i don't want to get into that world like in a literal sense unless like the entire universe lines some shit up to me that is so magical i can't say no to in the meantime i like the idea of documentaries and shit better because you know that has like a lot of cultural value that really lines up with my bigger mission which is fundamentally make sure that people remember that english hip-hop exists in montreal in 15 years Oh, I hear that. That's like an actual statement that needs to be said now. <laughs> like, yeah, you need like, to be the trailblazer for that, you know? The well, the yeah. front runner, if that's what your goal is, right? I mean, that's what we're doing. That's why we talk to people and, and get the stories. I'm not the only one, but that's why we get the five-year-old stories. Because, you know, nobody's getting the five-year-old stories like me. You got me realizing that I started my videography career filming my, my own wrestling then I started filming my own music. Then I started, you know what I mean? Like, I, I didn't realize that till you asked me that five-year-old question, so. But it's also, right. like, we all can learn from that. How do we can stack our skill sets and do whatever, whatever. So, yeah, I might sit there and go, OnlyFans is a viable way to make money. There's a lot of other shit to consider for OnlyFans. But it also. Can I like that? Yeah, you can. It also led me to documentaries of a viable way to make money. One of those is a much easier sell for your lady friend Bonnie than the other one. It's something I can absolutely tell you. Much easier sell. Because, uh, well, we proved that people have interest in our video content in a way that I haven't proved that any of the sex-related content I've created that doesn't exist at this time. Not that I've created it. I can't prove that that's good. I can prove documentaries are good. I really believe that that's a viable thing. Like I, was, I watched your shit. And I'm like, hold up. What can I bring to the table? What if I make not as good documentaries and then charge it as a service and sell that as a piece of content to a person? I know I can write a wicked script, and I'm certain I can freelance out the rest of that shit. You might get away with it once, but, you know, Not eventually. bad. I want it to be like a thing where motherfuckers know to get that shit. And, yo, nobody else can write and do the voiceover work I do where it gets branded with that behind that suit shit. That's why anything is. You just have to have your own niche, right? I know what my strong point is in videography, and I stick with it. I'm voiceover you know, shits. I could tell stories. I mean, I've been able to, like, listen to shit you say, and I'm certain that if I got enough time with a person and we had a specific mission in mind, like, what's the story you want to tell? Well, that's what you did to yourself. Yeah. So maybe you're not the guy to sell that to for sure because you're able to do it yourself. But you're the inspiration that made me go, other people will never try as hard as you did for that. But I'm so down to write the script and project manage. I hope you know it comes with a lot of psychological, like, fuck-ups, man. Like, I was seeing the documentary in my sleep. And that sounds like a oh kind of thing. But I mean, like, no. Like, when you, like, have a dilemma of your life, but how do I make this look like that? Like, you obviously encounter roadblocks, many of them, right? When you can't figure out one, and you go to sleep when you've watched this screen for eight hours, it's inevitable that, you know, your brain is going to be thinking about it. Your subconscious is still going to be there. And that sounds like a hot, but it's it's not a fun thing. It's not like every night, you know what I mean? It like it became like a thing. <laughs> it became a thing. It's like you had to go crazy in order to stay sane to make that documentary. And then when it's done to go back to the world it's like you have to reprogram yourself to not be crazy anymore and go back to the scene it's it was a <laughs> it was a tricky process um 
I could hear what you're saying. I'd argue I already sleep about. My, I already dream about my life <laughs> like this shit. I've been dreaming about shit for years. Ashing this cup here. Yeah, the cups are for the ashing. Um, I mean, for me, I'm not afraid of that. Like, I'm a, I'm a hyper obsessed person. If I have a dilemma in my life, I'm gonna dream about that shit. And there's lots of dilemmas when you're trying to put together a whole bunch of things. And it was literally a moment where I was just like, "How do you make a scene look like something? Like, how do you do it?" And I couldn't figure it out. And I was sleeping. And it was like, there was an ambulance. And I'm like, what if you put the ambulance siren in front of the ambulance at this just specific scene where there's just an empty space? And I was like, huh, that would enhance the effect of what the ambulance scene is doing. And then when I got it and I put it there, it was like, oof, I felt something in my stomach. And I was like, mm, that's what I was looking for that I was missing. Things like that, man, happened like many times yeah, to the dark. Like the subconscious is a crazy thing. I would much rather have that as my life than not. And if I can monetize that in a way where I can streamline the process with the right team and people, bro, everything's possible then. Everybody just plays the part that they play, right? Yeah, yeah, I yeah. Don't, I'm not a video editor, so nobody wants me to edit their videos. Yeah, But yeah. I am absolutely able to write a motherfucking script. You're holding on to that. <laughs> well, it's like something that I can do in the process that I don't have to outsource. Basically, I don't want to outsource things because everything else is a fee. Yeah. So if you can do so, and I can do voiceover work well, and I do actually want to get paid for this. Yes, as myself, as an occupation, I have to have a skilled role in the company, right? Like in my opinion, you should have a like a, a way to contribute. Otherwise, what? I'm just a decision maker. It's not my shit. I have no way to be hands on. Then I have nothing to attach myself to other than just watching it, you know. Yeah. And yeah, I could be on camera and shit, but I don't really think that's what I have in mind. I want to figure out with people what they want to accomplish and then just, yo, know, write their story down, do the research, fucking dig into them, make whatever, do an interview with them. That's part yeah. of it, you know? Yeah. Cut footage, boom, 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 and then figure it out. And it doesn't even have to be like crazy huge productions. It could be eighteen minutes. Mm-hmm. It could be whatever, whatever. Mm-hmm. You just figure out what you want to because the documentary as i understand by definition is just a movie that says something about something mm-hmm. i know it's a weak definition linguistically mm-hmm. but that's actually mm-hmm. what it is mm-hmm. it's a movie that proves a point mm-hmm. or it tells a story definitely and in yours it's what's the point in no regard you prove the point every superhero has an origin story fact this is ours the point of no regard that's the point and the point you're making is what it is Oh, and by the way, I gotta like cut this clip and use this. Holden robbed me on that uh, lose weight it was no challenge, way. and uh, I'd like to make a fun competition. Who won? It was Eulogy. Eulogy. All right, Eulogy. Let's uh, let's drop a sixteen or a sixteen or a thirty-two. Let's do a little something competitively and see who uh, who comes out better. Maybe Holden could put it up as a little contest on his page of just undilutedly who has the best verse. It doesn't got to be lyrically the best verse. It could be the beat. It just all around package that's you delivering something, I'm delivering something. Shout out to you for winning, but I know this guy robbed me. Oh we got to cut gosh. this clip and we can post it. Let's make something fun out of this eulogy. Eulogy. Don't make this my eulogy. Eulogy, this was unscripted on my end. I had no idea this was coming. This just popped up. All right, we'll get it. Yo, straight up, Bonnie. And Bonnie I know when I win, I want my money from that last contest I lost. <laughs> but yeah, man, let's do something fun for the culture, Eulogy. Let's make it happen. And just to add to it, Bonnie has now written battle bars at Eulogy in the past already. And Ooh. It was real. So I can get Bonnie on some ad libs on the hook? 
You, you could probably get Bonnie in that. It could be like, you know, just saying it could happen. Bonnie's, you know, willing to do it. Mm-mm-mm. Eulogy's going to be like, what the fuck? But yo, respect Eulogy. I can't wait to see your participation in this shit. Yeah, man, let's make it happen. Hashtag Quality doesn't even matter. Let's just go. Who has a hotter verse? Good old hip hop. Man, you make a little something out of it. Here, make here's it what's up. I'm going to have zero uh-huh. part of the judging so that I don't have to listen to any part of being asked why. I don't want you there anyway. There we go. <laughs> I just I want to spectate this and host this motherfucker. <laughs> Yo, eulogy, let's do it. Can we get some judges? Maybe we get like a panel. No, we'll get a panel. Like we can make this a little Your something. Lady friend you know? Bonnie so it's not can just even be one a judge. person. Like have like three, four judges. Eulogy can bring like two judges. You, know? you bring like two judges, and I'll, I'll find. No, nah, we don't bring the judges. Neutral judges. Fine. Neutral. I'll go find people that are unrelated. To unrelated to us, exactly. No bias. Bang, bang, diggity. Like, Willie Scandals don't give a fuck. He'll be unapologetic, 100%. Bro, we could just get skin deep up Behind there. the Soup Podcast. I'm kidding. See you, I was like, get skin deep in there. Skin deep? No, I don't, I don't know if he'd be a judge. I wonder if he would be. Oh, he ain't going to pick me. He biased. How do you mean? He <laughs> <laughs> don't like J-Star. Yo, Ismail wants to judge. I'll let Ismail judge. Ismail will be the behind that suit judge. As long as it's not you. It won't be me. No, I'm not. I'm out of that one. I already have to do this judging shit, and then you know, on the on the real, like, if you don't pick the right person in the eyes of people, they'll be like, "How'd you have been?" No, when you when you don't pick the obvious winner, could be you know. Bro, and then you're sitting there and you're like, "Am I even talking about you?" They had like a hundred, like what, three hundred person comment fight the other day over some shit. I didn't even read it. I was oh, like, shit. I'm gonna make. But that's music. good. That's what makes it fun. Giving reason people to yeah. defend. Like you know what I mean? It's it's not personal. It's not it's not that serious. Well, but it's engaging. It's it. fun. People I have a reason to be like, yo, what do I like? Ooh, they said that. Like it's that's what hip hop is. <laughs> that's what we came up on. That's that's the that's the music that we love that we can't live without. Yeah. And I just stayed out of it and let them do their thing. Cause do I really need to be no? Cause everyone's gonna be like, "Well, hold it. What do you think?" And unfortunately for me, if I think a thing, people are gonna then point to that thing and be like, "Well, hold it and said this in the future about any fight or anything." And I'm like, "Me, no. I don't care what people say. I do what say. you gotta do, if guys." I say, I don't All care. I said is nobody complained to me. <clears throat> nobody hit me up in the comments. But bro, the next month. All the fucking songs they start beefing with each other, making disses. I'm like, yo, this is hot. This is like, yo, I just put you on something. Me and you, someone else is gonna do this after us. If we do this the right way, there's gonna be another two that are gonna Bro, do it's it. It's just a pop up contest. You know what we I do mean? A pop up battle or some pop up battle contest thing, whatever. I don't know how to properly frame it. That's just details later on. But if Eulogy agrees, boom, 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 somebody does something, who knows? Somebody will show up and be like, I got a dank or something that I can send the winner. It's it's not like yeah. guaranteed, but it's the type of shit I hear get floating around. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm you got to like, do that for me. If you can, just cut that little part there of this video and yo, send it to him and tag me. I'm Let's do it right. this in. Chris is, Chris is right. editing this shit. I'm not right. editing this. Chris is editing. He hears you. Why? Because he's going to get this footage and he has to watch the whole thing. Shout out Chris Shout Leave out this Chris. in So that they know To hit you up For them editing. Yeah 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 yo. Nice Nice yeah. We gonna do that man It'll be fun too And it's good man One thing that that uh, Lose weight challenge Was fun for me Was that like I hadn't It was like Covid-ish times Right It was covid It's like When was the last time I've ever had to rap In competition with anybody And I'm not in direct competition But yeah I'm, I'm trying to win money With a whole bunch of other people That are trying to win money 
that whole thing was kind of rejuvenating. That was just kind of like win or lose. Like I joke when I say you picked the the wrong winner. Shout out you. I mean, I joke, but you know. But that aspect for me, just being able to be competitive feels like you got that that workout in, and you're just like, all right, I'm feeling my arms a little bit. I'm feeling my legs. Yeah, I got that appetite. That's what it felt like for me. So. Yeah, I like that. That's how I like. I'll take that next challenge, the eulogy. I feel like it's fun shit. That's why I like it. Like, I don't know that I have the energy to participate in it as much as, like, a contestant. Because, like, you know, people be like. Are you telling me you're a rapper? You got mad at me because I said to you that I saw you as more than a rapper. No, and you're but like I'm, I'm saying, a rapper. Uh, but the, yo, what because, are you talking about? Yo, here's the thing. I'm going to be real with you. Um, It isn't about, like, 100% my desire to fully, like, go be a rapper. Like to 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 win contests and shit. It's not like that. It's that they're taking it to a degree where it's like you have to memorize the verse. You have to do a whole bunch of shit. Where it's like, ah oh, man, like realistically, I don't have the time Bro, to do it right. That's the sport. But I don't have the time with everything else I'm doing to do it right. Well, right? you don't gotta do it. <laughs> that, that's what I said. You don't gotta do so it. So it's not like about being like. It's not like yo. If I could do it yeah, right. Yeah, but the hip hop and you got upset with me because you said that at your heart you're a rapper, yeah. and I'm like, I just feel like you've become such an influencer that I see you as more than just a rapper at this point. Mm-hmm. And you're like, you know, fundamentally you're a rapper. Yeah. That's what it is. So if you're a, a rapper cut from that cloth, there's no way with me saying this whole eulogy thing, you'd feel like like you don't have that competitive spirit. Well, like I why just, wouldn't you well, want to be just like? To compete I said to myself because I said because I said a different challenge to myself. I said I'm gonna release more music than everybody this year. That's how I'm gonna compete with the city. But the different challenges, someone's challenging yo. Write write a better verse than me. Nobody hit me up like that. Nobody. But you already said you wouldn't want to do it anyway. So the whole will hit you up. I don't want to participate in a lot of these group challenges like that because, like, honestly, the level of effort people put it in. But if somebody said straight up, like, no fucking editing. You can read the fucking verse because I'm not going to memorize it. I don't have the time. I barely have time to memorize my own fucking music lately. So it's like I just, if that's a condition, I'm going to lose. Like a fact of a situation. And I don't know that I have like the time to like practice it to a point. And then what? I'm never going to use this again? Well, I'm looking forward to it. I respect my name. I'm doing a lot with my name. And if I get washed, then that's on my name. But that's the sport we love. I know. Let's do it. But I did it. I I'm tried not saying it. you. I'm no, just but saying I tried it personally. though. I did a bunch of these contests for a minute, and then said I'm yeah. gonna throw a contest, and then now I'm just on this mixtape shit. So it's like, why would I do contests where it's like, bro, let's just go make a song. That's more where I'm at right now. And to so, each their like, own. I'm fucking loving this whole grind with it. Like I'm really into music. I hope Eulogy doesn't have the same opinion as you because I want a little competition. No, Eulogy's gonna come for you. There we go. I hope Eulogy right. better like come from. I like Eulogy. Eulogy you better do it. That's all I'm saying. I mean, we can, Chris, use edit this clip and make it look sexy. <laughs> um, no, but like I like that the environment. I like spectating battle rap more than I like participating in battle rap. So like I'm a rapper, but I don't know that I'm like that kind of rapper. Yeah. Cause like yo, battle rap's lit. I I didn't know how much I'd like it until I started watching it, and then I realized I really fucking like it. Yeah. But like I'm blessed too. I just said that too because I want a reason to go in the studio. I'm going to go in the studio and just write a, you know what I mean? I'm going to write it. It's not going to be a freestyle. I'm going to just, I've been recorded in forever. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, let me a reason to be a little competitive at least. So I'm not just doing a verse that's just going out there. That's a fun reason. Let's battle a little bit. Yeah, I feel that. I'm just not that kind of competitive. I want to outmarket you. I know it's weird, but like, I go fucking hard on shit like that. And then, like, when it comes to the music, I've always just kind of put that in a box and I'm like, nah, that's art. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
it's it, it like it's weird, but like those battle verses. But I realized it was like what? So I wrote these verses for these contests, and um, I just kind of left them there, and I just kind of like they're just in this group, and nobody hears them anymore, and like nobody ever wants to watch them again, and it just kind of was like this moment in time thing, and my ego is like, bro, I don't know if I want to be there. That's not really what I want to do with it. I'd rather like a, a degree of permanency to what I do with it. I don't know if that makes no, sense. For sure, is that. So like this one that, that I saw that they so I did one recent this battle booth shut up battle booth so I did one I don't care if I win or lose but they said I could put this on Spotify so I'm like well fuck that recorded it da 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 yeah. put it on Spotify saw that you know you could do better whatever I don't care about that part win lose but then yeah. it felt like worth doing so if there's ever conditions like you could release it to Spotify attached fuck that I'm in yeah yeah but this yeah. is the part where I'm like. Yo, how do, what do I get out of doing? What do I get out of doing this outside of competition? Yeah, 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 yeah. But you took this on eulogy. That's that's a different game, my guy. That's a, it's a very different thing. I appreciate that. <laughs> Make it a fun thing. That yeah, will be. Um, yo, so after No Regard drops, you put out the documentary. What are you doing after that? Like that's been a curiosity for me. What is next for it's you? What a lot of uh, people have been asking me in these interviews. Um. I've been <laughs> I've been going by just do the best you can that particular day and it, the more you do that day the more it's going to play into tomorrow treat every day individually so it's pretty much the same answer I give like kind of recycled but like it's the honest answer after the documentary it's like you can't foresee what's going to happen that night like, they say, like, at a football game sometimes, you never know if there's a scout watching. You never know who's watching. For the amount of people that this documentary has been in front of now at this point, and still for another week, it's like, I can't even predict what my next day will look like. What would I like? I would like a Netflix deal. <laughs> that would be nice. I mean, that's the goal. When you're an independent movie maker, you want a Netflix deal. You know what I mean? Netflix hire people all the time to do things from their home if it's creative enough and put it on their platform. I can't remember the name of the person, but somebody recently got signed like that. So it's like, that would be definitely something. And then I mentioned, like, I'd like to work as a videographer. That's my trade. If it's WWE would be my top choice, NFL, but, like, I'm a dope videographer. I know how to get emotion out of whatever it is I'm filming. So I don't know what lies ahead, but I know I've put my best foot forward to open the doors to give myself the best chance to win. That's fair. So with that, you're going to go focus on making more shit. That was the main takeaway. This is the beginning of your film career. Yeah, 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 definitely. Definitely. That's Way the, more to come. This is my first. No, that's big, though. The Netflix thing is also dope just because, like, I mean, that's a pretty fucking great goal, actually. Yeah, that's what we want. We want. I want a Netflix deal. Like and then distribute this and have the confidence that people are gonna like it. It's a a story about a recreational sports football team. If we look at the stats, the majority of people that train like athletes are not super mega stars. Not in the NFL. The average person is the person that goes to the gym and tries to make it onto the in, into the NFL but then doesn't make it but they stay fit their whole life few people crack that and make it into the big time 
So for this story, telling a story about a recreational sports league and flag football, it kind of speaks the language of a lot of people that play in softball leagues and soccer leagues. You know the term soccer mom. Like this is a representation of all those leagues of people that didn't make it. However, within that, there's a lot to be loved and there's a lot of substance in there. And I think ours in particular is the greatest recreational sports story ever told. That is amazing. That was well done. You got that good weed. That's what it is. <laughs> <laughs> ah, more music is coming. Definitely. Um, the single for the for the for the movie, uh, "No Regard," the greatest recreational sports story ever told. It's called "Dog Season." It's the lead single for the doc. It's featuring KD two times and myself, JS No Regard, and it's gonna be on all streaming platforms, Spotify, Apple, wherever you wherever you get your music title, wherever, the day after the documentary. So July sixteenth, that's the Friday, like right at midnight. So as soon as the documentary is done, right at midnight, bang, it drops on streaming platforms. So when you watch the documentary, everything that you see, the soundtrack in theory should always remind you of that. I said at the beginning of this interview, and it ties in that music is like the soundtrack to our lives, and it always ties it in. I'll use a very popular soundtrack, Lose Yourself. Don't tell me you don't see B-Rabbit. You know, if I did my job correctly, Montreal version. That's amazing. Dog season. Shout out KD two times. Shout out KD two times. Yeah, he's a wonderful guy, too. And y'all both is super talented. Well, I'm I'm glad to see that. So, documentaries, soundtracks, music, future, dessert. It's another thing that happens. I'm just saying, Stephanie's Bakery gets attached to that. No doubt, that's major. That's big. Is attached to that. What do you mean? I'm just saying. Heck yeah! I know. It's a whole package, right? Like just as you said that uh, you appreciate Steph and everything. Like you're not the first person that tells you that. Like people like the nature of the tool like it's it's a it's a whole machine it's not just one like you could see why we work well together right like there's a lot of elements so yeah man it's uh stephanie's bakery is a big part of it. you know when people told me i hope i win those cupcakes more people have told me that oh, than i, I hope the documentary is awesome oh, i was like saying i mean the document i just assumed it was gonna be awesome i assumed it was gonna be like what it is I'm going to experience it, and it's going to be this JS shit. Like, that's what I'm picturing. Not, like, shit, yeah, but, like, uh, I feel like I'm going to get this blast of documentary stuff, and I'm going to be like, I. Right. You're going to feel something. I think just like my music, as we touched on, it tells a story. Like, it's hard to put images together and I'm pictures. Biased and by the trailer. So I'm, I'm, ba- I'm biased by that. Like, that's but, you like, see, I'm an intelligent videographer. I'm going to tell you why, right? When I want to see a movie i hate when i see a trailer and the trailer shows me everything that's going to be in a movie a lot of people say that but i have a certain eye you could show me minimum in the trailer and i could piece together what happens in the movie i've always been good at it my whole life oftentimes they give you a trailer and you can't tell and i love those trailers so i specifically made a trailer so that when you watch it you might think you know where it's going but it's not exactly. It, it, so it's not but about it's, the angle of where you know? it's going, but the tone. Yeah. You definitely capture a tone, and you yeah. convey that. So that is. And I don't tell you a lot of what's gonna come, <laughs> except for a tone, and that was yeah, enough for me. Yeah. So that's why it tells you a lot, it's but it doesn't like tell whatever. you a lot. I'm like, ah, I'll probably entertained by that. But then I was like, if I just win the merch, 
That would make my life simpler. That would be crazy if you did. But you know how many people are going there hoping that they're going to win, like, cupcakes and merch? Like, you're in competition with a lot of people's karma. You know what I mean? There's, there's a lot of good people in that audience there. You know what I mean? About good Deserving. I just want to win this sweater. Which sweater would you want? I don't know. Any of them that fit me. Okay. If it fits me and it comes as a prize, I'll be like, yeah, that's dope. Now, okay. if I happen to get this sweater that fits Bonnie and it doesn't fit me. Yeah, yeah, then like, bang. There you see, go. that's like less what I want out of the situation. Yeah, I yeah, want yeah. the sweater. That's just yeah. the fact of it. And then if it just comes my way by the nature of the universe, that's amazing. And I like winning shit. Who the fuck doesn't like winning raffle So you got shit? me thinking something right there. See, what I'm already thinking is when you win, got to dim those lights and then do the raffle in the dark and put a spotlight right on you. Whoa, like, like oh you know, my, in the in, yeah, in the MLB on the big screen, Bro, boom, that. you won. If it doesn't fit you, it's like, if it's body, I actually... <laughs> That's just like a fragment of how my brain just goes well, off cue sometimes and just sees shit. But that's like, perfect. Yeah, bang. I do that with all kinds of shit. It drives her nuts and <laughs> I, I dream about my work. <laughs> yeah, oh, man. See how? It's uh, worth it. It's how you create brilliance, in my opinion. Brilliance for better or worse. Yo, all of this is like footage for a documentary in the future that nobody really knows I'm making. They just yeah. didn't know that. Yeah, and it speaks volumes for the future. Leo... The head referee at Flag Plus Football, shout out to him. He said, uh, it's like battle. And I feel like my documentary is like battle. You lose friends along the way. You lose soldiers along the way. But what's important is you remember the people that helped get you there. Mm. So this documentary, there was a lot of sacrifice that came with this documentary. But it's just important that you remember the people that helped get you there. And uh, I think Leo's 100% accurate when he says that. It's, it's battle. Yeah, I mean, I feel like all the, the endeavors you do, I, I often compare what I do with this content in war because you're basically competing for attention with everybody, even your friends. Like, yo, if my boy goes live at the same time as me as much as it's like, it is what it is. But in that moment, we're technically competing for attention of the same people. Yeah, 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 I yeah. I mean, yeah, I give you sure. all love and shit, but I mean, if we're being like real, real with it, it's a thing that happens. Yeah, 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 I, I feel mean, you. So you have to, I feel like, yeah, <laughs> I know there's going to be people that I talk to today. I'm probably not going to talk to in a year or two. Yeah, yeah. And it's dope too, man. At the theater, there's going to be a lot of people from a lot of different walks of life that know me. Bro, from I people I work wait. with, to friends, to acquaintances. It's like to, a real life thing. It's, uh, it's a lot of people. And the crazy thing is there's not a lot of ticket sales from people that don't know me. I think there's one. Mm. I think there's one ticket sale from someone that doesn't know me. And ticket sales are going very good. So it literally is a room of like people that know me in some different, it's like usually when you see this type of stuff, it's like at a funeral, sad to say. But like, I know on that day, I need to just kind of soak it in and remember that every minute you speak to somebody, it means a lot to them because they paid to come see you. It's hard to distribute time when there's so many people, but like everybody deserves to have a little part of me because I'm going to leave there with a little part of everybody in me. That's fair. And then if they get your merch, they get to walk out with a PC too in a different way. 
No, but yeah. that's really cool. Yeah. Like, just the idea of that. Take you home and sleep with you. But, like, the idea of being able to create an environment that you get to receive your own flowers while you're alive is also an interesting notion because you created that environment. Nobody else created it for you. You did it. Um, maybe Stephanie did a lot, but, like, yeah, she did. I'm not saying maybe, but, like, 100%. But you still did it. 100%. Right? You still drove your ship there. You still put in that work. And in a lot of ways, we just deny ourselves the opportunity for that greatness, which I tie back to that self-esteem shit where it's like, yo, $40 is a weird price because everybody thinks everything's worthless. But it shouldn't be a weird price. It should be considered, like, why is it that yeah. low? For a private event, for the first-time filmmaker... Oh, like think about that later on when you're winning some fucking award in the in the thing because <laughs> you know, yeah yeah then it's gonna be like yo i'm gonna be there at that moment yeah and that's why it, it's important that it ties into like everybody that came as a part of it i'm very much someone that believes in where i came from and represents where i came from so when all these people buy tickets to my show it, it's not like oh thank you for coming and then that's it like it's a cash grab like no like there's now a responsibility that i take on myself where when these people have something going on it's my responsibility to be there if they order a cake it's like our responsibility to make sure they get you know, maybe a little perk or, or something or you know if if their car died and they need to get a boost and it's like oh my gosh i have nobody to call like i encourage anybody that has come to the show you know ask me and, you know, I'm always somebody that pays it forward. And I think that everybody in the crowd and the audience are very similar, which is crazy. Like, I, I kind of think that everybody in the audience would get along with each other because I know them all in a certain kind of way. And I know the people that I keep around me. They're generally very social people and, like, very easy to get along with. If you look at my friend circle between you, Mike, JLB, um, Kendall. Kendall's quiet but very sociable. Um, Demi, like we're all Steph, like you know, all these people are like very like social people. You can kind of tell in atmospheres, and I think that's uh, largely the people I keep around me. So it'll be a very good audience. Yeah, and I'm shout out to, to Guillaume and um, and Mendy, um, wheelchair accessible. Thank you, Scotia Bank. Um, I have two friends that uh, have conditions which I'd rather not discuss. One of which is MS. But the other one's not important to discuss, but um, they're very important people to me that are going to be there. So looking yeah. forward to it. I'm looking forward to it, too. I don't know anybody that's made a documentary and ran it at a Scotiabank. Say that again? I don't know anybody that's made a documentary and ran it at a Scotiabank. I think a documentary is cooler than a short film, personally. That's just my preferences on branding. Just throwing it out there. Because, yo, I click on the documentary section way more than I click on the short film yeah, section. Yeah, and I yeah. And like, I watch documentaries to learn shit. I, I didn't know recreational sports was really as cool as you made it sound until you made it sound cool. That's blessed. It happens to be a short that. film. It's cool, too. But the fact that it's, like, actually a thing that you created. And then what? We can just go there, and it's a whole event. <laughs> and it's like, yo, that might be the first real event I go to post-COVID. Yeah, and um, that was a large thing in my mind, too, was I knew that this would be a big thing because a lot of people haven't been out, right? So it's your documentary is the center point, but there's a lot of factors that are just going to fix themselves, like people standing in a line waiting to walk in, people sitting down just waiting at the theater 
who's coming in. Oh, that person's good looking. Oh, I know that person from this. And like that atmosphere, because we haven't done it for so long, is like, I don't even have to do anything. Like, I'm the host, but it, it's kind of geared. It's it's the right mm -hmm. time. It's the right time. It was super on my side with all this. Definitely helped a lot. And yeah, I think it'll be cool. And then I like watching those like YouTube videos of people who do like the before and after. Yeah. So like they just create like I'm sure you're gonna film whatever whatever you do when you're there. Yeah. But like you watch the whole event and you watch like an eight minute video and then you see the guy. Thank you all for coming out here. To I'm looking forward to that so much. When you start crying and shit in front of everybody, you, well, you know, everybody busted serious. Like it's impossible not to. After it's done and it's like the credits start rolling and then that moment, bro, I always wanted to be there. One of those, those are the moments when the guy comes out and he's all bashful and shit. Yeah, it's uh, it's hard to imagine. Like they say, the big screen. When you're from Montreal, you know, trying to make it. Like if if there was a big screen, you were to make it to. Like I think this is my first stamp of like local, small time, but as like big of a platform as you could possibly get. In yeah, in your particular in your particular league, I mean, yo, what's the other spot in Brossard? There's a theater in Brossard that's I don't like know, super, Yeah, there's one that's like Not maybe equivalent to the Scotia, but the Scotiabank Cinema. That's no Scotiabank. Everyone huge. knows that. But Paramount. Even, but yo, but even oh, any but, Paramount, you know. <laughs> but like, even if it wasn't necessarily Scotia, and you'd said AMC, that would have been. It's it's the fact that it's like a legitimate fucking movie theater where nah, I, Scotia, Paramount. Because I was there as a kid. It just... Mm. I understand what you're saying. It's just that, you know, it's like, AMC like, wouldn't have felt bro, the same way for me. <laughs> which I can appreciate what you're saying. But I'm saying the fact that you're doing it in a movie chain that 100%. shows, like, Transformers and shit. 100%. And then, in theory, it's going to have you in uh, around this. I mean, however, like, it's, like, it's just, like... You know what's a crazy thing? I'm actually featured in the documentary less than so many other people i only actually talk in the documentary in an interview once in the whole thing because i never needed to explain myself because everybody did it for me and i had a whole interview of myself where i talked for like a full hour i used one like four second clip that's it because i'm just like why do you need to prove that why do you like after i got all the footage and i had to comb through it it was like this is more powerful if you don't say anything just let them do the whole thing and now kendall's the star alex tequila fpf he's the star theo's the star whoever you are that's in the dock if you're watching it from your point of view and your friends are watching it it'll look like it's almost yours because I'm in there like the least. <laughs> but for like Kendall, if Kendall brings four friends and they're watching it, one of Ken Kendall's friends Instagram posted him. He's like, I can't wait to come to your premiere. And then Kendall responded back. He's like, it's not my premiere, but thanks. And then in speaking to him, I joked and I said, but it kind of is. Because when he's watching that, you're in the documentary so much that from his point of view, he's seeing his friend. You know, so I kind of edit it that way so other people can get that experience. But by the end, it's like, you know, 
I don't want to use the word puppet master, but like, yes, no, I created it. But it is kind of not even centered around me per You're se. You're like the guy behind the scenes who does the speech. Yeah. That's yeah. It. You made it happen. You can call it that. You can call it that. You're like, you know, there's a lot of reward in putting other people up. That's what Drake is very good at. He never puts the spotlight on himself. He always shines it on someone else, you know? He does a video with Chris Brown and... He'll do a dance competition within the video. But he knows Chris Brown is a way better dancer. So everyone laughs at Drake like, oh, you that. And Chris Brown kills it. And that's Drake's way of making whoever he works with look better than him. Because it's fun to laugh at Drake. And he's made like a career out of it kind of thing. So it's like a similar element to that where it's like, it's like you guys' documentary. One of the most meaningful things I got, and I said this today, most meaningful about that Global News interview had nothing to do with me. It was one of my friends, Travis Moses. He was he was sleeping, and he woke up, and he said, I just, I just woke up to a screenshot from my mom of me on the news. And I was like, that's so dope, because you didn't get a screenshot from your mom of the fact that I'm on the news, because my name was all over it. But they were watching the clips because they show my trailer and she identified her son and she screenshotted it like, oh my gosh, my son's on TV. And that had me feeling like, huh, you know how many people were on Global News within that trailer? There's about 20 people that made Global News. Never even thought about it from that point of view. Yeah, that's a big part of why I, I changed my focus, actually, is because, yo... Putting other people on, I took on Montreal. English Montreal. You're big on that, man. I got to look in the camera, man. Holden does it for our city, man. And he does it without feeling like he has to do it in a cocky way, like 100%, man. Man, because there's just so much here. But it's also like it is a really good career move. Everybody likes to talk about the fact that, like, nobody does this or nobody does that but the one thing that you can always do in those moments is become the person that does this or does that yeah. so that no you can't just say nobody anymore to in my opinion you have yeah. to say most people or something so yeah. now the language is shifting yeah, yeah so if some people yeah. do it then it creates more of an effect and i'm like listen for sure. man, for sure. I, I don't know like I, I love everybody's music i'm a lot more willing to like share the media like the podcast right now because i feel yeah. like to me there's a big need of focusing on how many other platforms exist like shout out glock party podcast with dms and them the fact that they're entering the sphere and doing their thing yeah, like, you'll yeah, fucking go yeah. give them love yeah. or shout out fucking uh Steve Adamopoulos and fucking Tech Luciano and Talia for their fucking hustle podcast. And then, you know, a killing them with the geek test. My yeah, sh- yeah, shout out to Tech. I was hoping uh, part of my confession hour, part of my um, my promo tour, I was low-key hoping that he would reach out to me to be on it, but I never asked him. <laughs> and I know if I asked him, he'd 100% have me on because that's my guy. You know, you know you're my guy. But I was just like, is he? Is he? But I was kind of hoping. Like, it would, it would have meant validation to me if he came and asked me but that just is a, a reference to how much i respect him yeah that's my guy he came through and it was real good i, I talked to him now i decided i'm gonna like i'm gonna leave comments on the channel and then i'm gonna give tech luciano my personal comments to him because like yeah. fuck that every time i watch the hustle podcast yeah. i want to yell at the fucking i watched yeah. a couple episodes recently what i really like about it it's cool because nowadays we watch podcasts right but it's like if you watch, I don't know, Deion Sanders podcast, uh, Brandon Marshall and them, um, Million Dollars Worth of Game, Gilly the King and Wallow. It's like so many people that create podcasts, they were like celebrities that we knew. 
but we followed them because they transitioned into the podcast game. So I followed Tech Luciano's career as a hip hop artist in Montreal. So to see like my own doing a podcast kind of, it kind of reminds me of why I watch Million Dollars Worth of Game with Gilly the King. Like it, it reminds me why, because he's my Montreal version of it. Cause that guy, when he was in the, the hip hop, he was a beast and nobody to play with. Nobody to play with. That guy was nice. Still is nice. Yeah, not crazy about the the singing. It's different. It's different. But you know, I need that. I need that tech luch. Nah, I, I need that shot town tech luch. <laughs> I mean, I flex with both. I like. I like what you're doing now. I'm not yeah, gonna yeah. lie. I flex with the sound. Um, but I, I got into a lot of different kinds of new music. So for me, yo, if you come with that old school shit, I'm gonna probably like it. Yeah. If you come with that new school shit, I'm gonna probably like. Like I am literally the worst reviewer. Like, I don't know why anyone... I'm just going to be like, yo, I like it. That's a shit review if I like yeah, everything. Yeah, 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 Go watch yeah. my reviews. It's just me saying how much I like things. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to put you on hold two seconds, though. I got to yeah, run out to that bathroom. Thing. That was some intense... You're a young person, Bunny. Your Bunny's not younger than me. That's the one thing I can say. That's a factual statement. I'm not saying anybody's old or young. I'm saying I am younger in physical age. That's what's important to me that the world knows. <coughs> Talk to him. Yeah. Uh, Bonnie doesn't like that fact. <laughs> I enjoy that fact. I didn't, I didn't change. It's not my fault. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's just there are facts. Yo, people act real weird about getting old, and I don't understand it. I think getting old is the best thing that's happened to me, except for all the weird aches and pains and shit. Yeah, getting old is dope. Getting like, old is dope. It uh, allows you to share stories, kind of like what we're doing today. Yeah. You know, can. you can't share these stories if you died young. <laughs> it's also you like, know you, what I mean? uh, like you care more and you care differently. And like, yo, I appreciate flowers and shit in a way that I didn't when I was young. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Yo, my 30s is the best time of my life so far. I don't know if I'm going to like my 60s. Big up. Yeah, for I sure. I don't know about that. 60s could be shit. But like 30s, 40s, 50s, that all sounds like great. I've told many of my friends that uh, the day that I go, I don't want uh, too much crying at my funeral. And please, I don't really care if it's in a church environment. There are certain songs that need to be played. And uh, Young, Wild, and Free is one of them. Snoop Dogg and Wiz Khalifa. Mm. It was just a time of my life when it came out. It was just like, it was a no regard era, actually, where it was just like, yo, so what? We go, we go out. So what? We smoke weed. We're just having fun. We don't, we don't care, care who sees. You know what I mean? It just, it really, that's how it's supposed to be. Living, and it was like, we're getting older but like when we played that song, we were partying like mixed with the nineteen-year-olds. You swear we're nineteen twenty, and it just always marks that chapter, you know. Mm -hmm. So at my funeral, young, wild, and free, and I know when it drops, everybody will think of me and just yeah, 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 yeah. This is what he wanted. This is what he wanted. Like party up, party up. It's okay. I like that. You know? I think a lot of people are boring funerals. No offense to the boring funeral people. Nah, That's nah. just my perspective. You don't have to. To me, it'll be a celebration. It has to be. It has to be a celebration of life. That's what it should be. That's dope. I appreciate that. See, I definitely think we covered a whole bunch of shit. I don't want to like force three hours for no good reason either. It's been a fucking proper interview. This feels like a great time to definitely. Like, wrap it up. Um, 
yo, thanks for coming through. Thanks yo, for doing it. Thanks thing. for having me, man. I mean, it's appreciated. You always open the door to me, man. So uh, I thank you for that. Well, I mean, you're not boring. And this is a lot funner than Zoom. Like sitting down and talking to somebody. It's so like, different. Way better. <laughs> I don't know. Um, you, I mean, yes. I mean, for me. In a, in a sense, yes, because I'm comfortable and we've hung out before and I'm familiar with you. But on the real, I don't know that I I personally agree across the board that it would be funner for me to like meet a slew of strangers in person all the time like that. Oh, but you just sold yourself out by even saying that because what Holden is saying in translation now yeah. is that he fucks with me. So if you don't get the invite to his place... No. He that lives. means he's just not too sure. He's like, he's stop like, talking. No, no, no. I'll be real. Like, the guy's like the neighbor. And like, yo, it's to the point where we was already talking about hanging out. So, yeah, like, we're not at a point where, like, I'm not, like, inviting you into my house. I'm sorry if it feels like that, but it's where I live and shit. And I feel comfortable in certain See things. See all you rappers? You got to get close to the But plug. it's also, like. Eat your nuggets comfortable mm, in this house. There's a second part to it. You live so close to me that you're not going to be sitting there tripping on time. Because, yo, my man lives in Laval, as an example. So for him, he has to watch the clock now because there's another 45 minutes before he's home after. And that shit plays in a lot. So, like, I don't know. I have to really, like, I walked feel here in about seven minutes. That's what I'm saying. So for <laughs> you, it's minutes. like whatever, whatever, when it's done. So it's not really just fully, like, whatever. I can get over myself. A bunch of people came through here. So it's not necessarily funner or not for me. Sometimes it's funner on Zoom, bro. Zoom can have like a vibe to it. Um, yo, shout out We Speak English Good is coming through. Then the other part is We Speak English Goods in Ohio. Or I think you're in Ohio. I might be wrong. Whatever. Hmm. And like, uh, how am I supposed to even do that one? And so it's like, yeah, there's a vibe in person. But there's also a vibe not in person. Yeah, that is yeah, totally no fine. But it's no also doubt. like, yo, the second it puts that pressure of time where people are going to act away, act weird about like having to leave and shit, that was the biggest thing I noticed. You've also been holding a microphone for a long time. Yo, I'm not into this that much. I'm not like, you know what I mean? No, but I would, I would have a better setup for it. Like, I would not like yeah, legit yeah. just run it like that. Um, I, I, I would, yeah, this is whatever. This is fine. Though. I more meant like shout out to you because this has been like almost three hours. Like you said, you've been holding that microphone throughout the whole time you know what i mean just for the sake of being in person because i requested it right yeah so shout so, out i'm shouting you out that's you know, fair enough that's kind of so the part where i'll actually do it in person with you okay maybe like if i feel fucking special and you're gonna like whatever fine but it's like really just a circumstance thing where dude does live that close and a bunch of shit but also like i started thinking about it be, be I, good I, with your plug i don't know everybody and maybe it's not the smartest choice to like do it. Then I started doing it on Zoom. And yo, it's a vibe. It's not shit. Like yeah, I know yeah, it sounds yeah. shit, but it's not shit. Everybody admits it. Like yeah, in the same yeah, way that you're sure. like three hour interview, it's the same reaction over yeah. Zoom. Because you're at home. And you're in it. Now, for sure. At home with a baby and at home with no baby are not the same thing. Just remember that. So when you have babies and shit, there's noise, there's other things. And I've noticed that parents like to not be home. Like when they can not be home for a reason, bro. Then when but you have no kids and shit, bro, you don't want to go at your house. You're, it's comfy at home. For sure. It's quiet at home. That's a fact. You just kind of let it be. That's a fact. 
That's a fact. I've always been somebody by nature that likes to be out. Not in the winter. I, I borderline stay home always in the wintertime unless I have to go out. But in the summertime, like, yeah, but I think a kid is extra. Yeah, yeah, I'll, I love to get out. <laughs> I love to. And I mean, no disrespect to parents or whatever. I get it. I've learned a lot about how many of my proclamations, people are like, you don't have kids. So I've started using that as an ad lib in my tracks. I don't have kids, though. Yeah, yeah, I just want to yeah, let y'all yeah. know I don't have kids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I know that if I complain about being tired, it's not the same as a parent complaining about being tired. And it's deep, man, because for me, I always heard about what it is. Oh, you're going to be tired and the no matter what level that someone could verbally prepare you it's it's nothing to what you think like right now it's an ad lib tomorrow it might be a little deeper when you have that kid it's like you're gonna be like what the fuck no one told me it was like this and, and people no. would be like yeah we kind of no, yeah but not like this no, like, they, they, they did tell that me. is what they, i have listened to parents telling me this is exactly what it is and i'm wrong for like a long enough time that no i will not be able to say that i will have had hundreds of parents tell me you're wrong it is that yeah. bad <laughs> that's how it became an ad lib i'm not yeah i love i love being a parent my, my kid's the coolest man brady he's a he's a he's a dope kid man he's funny he's a, a daredevil and uh, he's at that age now where he understands stuff like you tell him to do something it's like he might not get it the first time but he'll get it if he's trying to communicate with you it's like frustrating but like he's trying to get it out and then when you show that you understood it he's like yes that's what i'm trying to say like it's it's kind of, it's really, really, like, the cool part, I think, of having a kid. For me, I wasn't much of a newborn guy. I adapted to it, but I wasn't, like, in me. I think most guys don't know how to hold a baby, don't know how to change a diaper, you know. Yeah. Eventually, you kind of get it. But now this two-year-old phase, this is, like, uh, I've always been good at this phase. So now it's, like, yeah, that's, this my, phase that's my homie. Me. That's my sidekick. We just sit and we... Bro, cool. that's all I'm looking forward to, guy. that baby shit. I don't know. I guess that part. I mean, I'm certain I'll ogle it like a cat, but I feel like it's like having a cat until it's interactive, and then it becomes interactive. It's I I can have comparisons to having a dog because I had a dog, you know, at the the young young age, newborn kind of type of thing. So it's it's similar, but uh, I mean, obviously, you know. But like, yeah, like you become dependent. You have to that kid is dependent on you to an extent just like your dog your cat it's like you have to feed your cat if you know you haven't fed your cat and you're going out it's like shit i gotta make sure i'm home or i gotta do it before i leave like there's certain parameters that we place on our life that we put something else as being the responsibility it's just a baby is like the highest form of that type of thing but it, it is the same concept yeah, and then the baby evolves into a thing that I could fuck with. Do I can't even wait. I want nothing more than to leverage my child's imagination for creativity purposes. I sit on the chair. I say, Brady, strike a pose. You know, same time. Fold his arm. Like, small things. It's like, you're hilarious. You're me. You're me. We spoke about um, the musicals early in the interview. I knew that I wanted to have a son from the moment I saw The Lion King. The whole concept of... The circle of life and Mufasa being the 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 head, the lion, and then he had Simba that was we knew that he was gonna be the next in line, but it was just a matter of when and then Mufasa died and then that's the circle of life. One day I'm not gonna be here. Hopefully I'm dead before Brady is, and then when I'm not, everything that people in this lifetime are appreciating about me will live on and then he carries that 
legacy type of thing. I always wanted it to be a boy and not a girl for the first one. After the first one, I was like, okay, wherever they go, they go. But for me personally, I needed to have a son for that. And now I'm finally like, yeah, this is what I wanted. And Lion King came out. I was a teenager. So like, I knew I wanted to have a child. And I knew I wanted to have a boy at relatively a young age, considering I'm a guy. Oftentimes, guys don't even like want kids until they're like 18. I knew I wanted a kid way before that type of thing. <coughs> and I knew I wanted it to be a boy. And it's like, it's like the exact same thing out of my imagination, but better. That's dope. Your kid does look like he's going to go ahead and melt some hearts. Yeah, he's, he's hilarious. He'd be your homie. <laughs> I, I'm telling you, he'd be your homie. <laughs> just like vibe wise, like. Why well, later night? Like he's, he's I could chill. totally see it. <laughs> nah, that's dope though. But still, I'm your parent through all this. That's another thing that actually like should be brought up as like points. So not only, not only did you make a whole fucking documentary, make that happen, blah blah. Also released music in the middle of that shit. Also, just saying. Mom, it's hard to be a parent. It's hard to be in a relationship. It's hard to be in a relationship and have a kid with COVID. Like, there's no one that can give you a manual on how to maintain a happy home while having a child in COVID. And you're making music in this time. And you've been building a documentary since November. Like, you know, that's how diamonds are created. And that's facts. And you a diamond. That's facts. I appreciate You're that. A dream team J Star winning guy. It doesn't matter what anybody thinks. At the end of the day, I said you once, st- yeah. That you're still here so doing it. You you but that's the thing is you're still here to this day doing the things. Who can take that from you? Nobody. That's that's the most that's the most interesting no part of a career. It. And if anything, it'll be inherited that's amazing. to my child. I mean, that's a big one, too. Right. The fact that you can instill that in the next generation. But yeah, to me, that's the whole point of the show is to kind of highlight that. That's why we have to start young. Because yeah, it's impossible yeah. to like really sh- bring it to that point where, yeah, you're doing this now. But the most important thing is you didn't just do this. You did all those things that led to this. And that if you look at, at you know, I started reading books, started studying success, how to win, blah, 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 blah. And it all came down to like, people just did shit for a long enough time that the right series of circumstances worked out in their favor. And it always was long time, their whole life, you know, in some way or another. Like almost everybody I talked to, even if they weren't in music at like, Ah, don't worry, we speak English good. Your story is going to be wonderful. You can skip over whatever parts you want. Because um, he's he's on the show and like later this month, 24th or something. <laughs> so he's like, oh, shit, we're going to talk story, eh? <laughs> yeah, yeah, we, we, we opened up the storybook, man. That's what we do here. Shit. And we're going to talk about whatever just kind of flows. But at the end of the day, it just culminates into, yeah, but look where you're at now. That's That couldn't yeah. happen. Not the not the final destination, you know, uh, but uh, definitely pleased. Yeah. Definitely pleased. I would argue that you can't go that long in the story. I mean, dude, we could have probably just gone on about Abbott for another 25, 30 minutes. I would have loved that, but it yeah, felt for like sure. maybe we should move on from yeah. Abbott. <laughs> if there's one thing that makes me happy is I, I kind of like I'm I'm cut from a cloth of like, I can't name them all, but like, let's say 
NBA, DPC, Black Mob, Magnum 357, Mugs, Millie Mills, Boy Blue, Northern Lights was earlier, but I'm naming a little bit later. But like coming from that in the hip hop community, it's just like the music thing didn't pop off how I wanted it to. So this documentary was like a creative way to just take a different street but still combining the fundamentals of the music. So I feel like, you know, I'm still here, still relevant, from Dream Team to Riverside Gang to Young Star Alliance to North Stars to No Regard. There's been so many chapters, much documented, ready for the documentary, <laughs> but uh, it's not the final stop. That's what's the most important, is that it keeps going. Because... Why does it have to stop? Yeah. Joe, honestly, I appreciate everybody coming through. I appreciate you for everything that you do. I appreciate all of y'all watching. The, I don't know where the camera's at now. Over there. That's why I have to point. <laughs> it's the like light. <laughs> um, but, Joe, it's amazing. Uh, and also, all of you who are going to watch in the future, you're all wonderful fucking people, too. Um, but thanks for coming through again. It's always a pleasure. You're always a hoot, as they say. Um, I hope that y'all enjoyed it. Make sure that you watch the documentary. How do people watch it after? Like, let's say the premiere comes. What happens next? That was another question. What do people do for those who can't be That's, in That's uh, coming soon. But uh, there's definitely a plan in place. Hey, this is some exclusive shit we're paying for. Oh, bro, the price just went up in my head. Woof! No, I see no, what you're saying. There's, there's some things going on. For now, we're going to cater to the people that are coming out to the premiere. Uh, July 15th. Doors open at 6.30 p.m. No regard. The greatest recreational sports story ever told. I always say every superhero has an origin story. And this is ours. It's homegrown. Montreal. I'm from LaSalle. My name is Lance. J.S. Daniel. No regard. And on that note, I am out like that. Yeah, okay, but we're not fully out yet. So, you appreciate y'all. Special thanks to the patrons. is Mel Gadam, C. Chris Pryor, Jonathan Ryan, C.J. Black, Eric, and Linda Williams, Scribble, Justin Pro. You can't let me end today. <laughs> I got to do the proper endings. <laughs> appreciate y'all. Patreon.com slash behind that suit. Appreciate everybody here. Honestly, it's been fun. I love that dramatic ending. But so, live long and fucking prosper, everybody. I